to Exit Through the 2010s, a podcast where we talk about the movies of the past decade. I'm Jack Draper, and with me, Clay Williams. Um, you're still polishing your Heisman. Is that what you're doing right now? God. Man, a Heisman would be dope just to have. Like, imagine, like, buying... Like, they sell the Heisman, like, midway through the film or something. I wonder who has that now. Does, like, just some random got collector mm. just have, like, OJ's Heisman? I would not be like, surprised if it's the agent. Yeah, maybe. But it feels like he sold it or something. Like, why would you just... I don't know. But, like, just imagine having someone else's Heisman. Mm. That would just be fucking weird. Um, I have a yeah. question, though, to start off the podcast, as usually. Um, mm. What would be, like, a celebrity or actor who, if they were, like, tomorrow, TMZ reports, you know, X has been accused of a double murder, who would you just... Who, sure. Like, who would be a person that you're like, can't... They couldn't have done it. It's impossible. There's no... I, I don't like care how much evidence. We were, there's no way. We were bound to, like, get in this, like, the modern comparison, so it's good that we're starting out like this. Yeah. I would say, I mean, Denzel mm. certainly is, I think, one of those people where, like... You never hear anything bad about him, whether or not that's true. But like, you would be like, "What?" Like Denzel, and, you know, LeBron would be like yes. that. LeBron's a perfect because LeBron, LeBron's a LeBron's another one where like, a lot of people don't like him for like basketball reasons. But yeah. like, I think as in general, I, I think most people would say he seems to be a very good guy. So you, that would be a shock. I would believe um, Jordan committed a like like OJ Simpson would be another one like. <laughs> Yeah, Jordan, I think... Well, because, look, not to get full basketball, but, like, it is a sports documentary. Jordan has, like, not murder stuff, but, like, there are very prevalent conspiracy theories about Michael Jordan that, like, will never go away. Like, you know, so that alone... Who the fuck punches Steve Kerr? Like, Steve Kerr's, like, the nicest human being. Why would you punch him? Well, not nicest, but you know what I mean. He seems like a decent guy. No, it seems nice. seems nice. Yep. Um, no, that's true. I forgot be, about the Kerr thing. Yeah, I w- mine would be Pedro Pascal. There's no way he committed a murder. There's oh, no way. Yeah, he's just yeah. he's just like the nicest not, like looking yeah. guy. Like he's when he's very handsome. Second, anytime in an interview, he's very pleasant. He has a great smile. There's just no way he could have committed a murder. I mean, Dwayne Johnson is another one. Mm. I'm like trying to think of the like the culture writ large. Like you'd be like. He's so uh, vanilla in terms of his persona. I, yeah. That would be a shock, I think. He doesn't even, so like, really drink. I know he has his own tequila company, but he doesn't even, like... I, I'm yeah, he drinks sure he tequila, dude. But I'm pretty sure he doesn't even really drink because of, like, his health or whatever. Like, he's so, like, he keeps, like, his body oh, dude. a temple. Well, he, well, follow him on Instagram. My man, he has some tequila, but he's selling his tequila, so, you Interesting. know. yeah. Yeah, I mean... Tom Hanks, that's another one. I, Tom so Hanks sure, could have yeah. committed a yeah. murder. Yeah. There's no way. Yeah. Do you have anyone? We're John? saying all men, but I guess women are. Yeah, I mean, women are, are, are just in general commit less violent murders. So I guess yeah. any any female celebrity would be more surprising, sure. I suppose. Well, who, what about who you, Jack? Yeah, did you have any? Yeah, well, yeah, Jack, I, oh, yeah, don't go. Female, yeah, like a female. Yeah, I'm just trying. To... Well, just, just any celebrity. When I ask the question, who is the first person that popped in your mind? I guess if it, like, transcends... Because, like, when you think of, like, a modern OJ comparison, I think your your mind automatically... I mean, for me, at least, it went to someone black, but I think Tom Brady sure. also um, right. would, would fit that. Um, 
just yeah like no like similar to LeBron like Tom Brady hasn't really had that much contra- the controversy yeah. and um, like generally well received by any Brady and, eh, Tom Brady though uh, has a sociopathic like you could at least I I don't like Tom obviously I'm a New York person so I I will never like Tom Brady like so I'm very biased but like there is a there is a maniacal nature behind yeah. those eyes. Yeah. That if you told me he was a serial killer, I'd be like, well, you know. <laughs> yeah, he's seven rings. Too, a lot in the cage, but <laughs> he's almost too you like know. I don't know, not clean because like I don't know. I, I I don't trust him when I see his face. Again, I'm a Colts fan, so that also so as like you know Mecca is a. Uh, uh, um, uh, from New York, I'm a Colts fan, so we're just bound to hate mm. Tom Brady. Um, Peyton Manning, if we're going like football, yeah, Peyton Manning, right? If he committed a double murder, that would be sure. fucked up. Like, I couldn't imagine because he seems mm. like he seems yeah. more genuine. That's the thing about Brady; he never seems genuine to me. Right? Yeah, yeah, That's definitely. Good, like in interviews, comes off like mechanical and just like very analytical the way that he talks about anything. <laughs> I guess I, I mean, like I can't True. say yes or no. It's, it's more just. Like, really? Wow. That, I, I think what you said about Dwayne Johnson and coming off very vanilla, hmm. that's the way I think of Brady. Like, no, he doesn't have the charisma that OJ or has, too, so no. it's not like you can schmooze anybody to believing that you wouldn't do it, but you don't want to believe that he did do it, either. Interesting case, yeah. Yeah, but it is a good question, because OJ, just as, like, a segue into the doc, OJ was, did have that persona right he was a beloved charming you know could do it all acted you know was you know an mvp caliber player won the heisman like you said clay right like it would really it it would be like if a you know it would literally be like if a dwayne johnson or uh peyton manning or somebody got LeBron got accused of, or, you know, not even, well, I guess allegedly, you know, he got, he, he got acquitted, but like was, was, um, arrested for a double murder. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And, it's interesting and because with the... athletes nowadays, you don't get an OJ. I mean, not in the sense of like, we have plenty of charismatic athletes. We have plenty of athletes who are in a punch of commercials, but like people who are trying to like that multifaceted, like movies, television, like, the days of like, I mean, of course, we're, we're recording this when Space Jam Two or whatever is like coming out, and those you know the reviews look you know mm. sounds like a great film apparently. No, I'm joking. Um, it sounds pretty bad. Uh, but like LeBron, what it does is, sound like, like his new like, legacy. What? That I think we can all yeah yeah yeah. It, it, it sounds does sound like, like a so, new legacy. It's yeah. true. It does sound like a new legacy. It, apparently, so he's been in like two movies, right? So he's been like Trainwreck and this, and like maybe uh, one or two others. Yeah. Trainwreck, this are the two big acting yeah. roles, but he's done voice work in like two or three movies as well. Which, True. You know. So like, yeah. what? Uh, like, cause there's not a lot of modern athletes who are just breaking. But it's like, I mean, of course, WWE is different because that is another form of acting, even though it is mm-hmm. athletic. Um, right. But True. like professional sports, right. like a baseball player, a football player, a basketball player, who are like trying to transition themselves into film or television or like mm. another career it doesn't happen a lot at least in you know of course you'll have people like jared dudley or whatever write a book but that's not the same as like 
you know, like becoming going into a whole different industry and becoming a star in a completely different part. Like Jim Brown and OJ, those are very like two singular like um, happenstances. Yeah. Yeah, Jim Brown is is the great is a great example. I mean, he, you know, he were. I mean, you know, maybe not everybody knows this anymore, but well, and it was in one night in Miami, I guess. But he retired from football on the set of The Dirty Dozen, right? Yeah. Like because the Browns were going to find him because he was going to be late to string, uh, to training camp because The Dirty Dozen was going over, and he was just like, "Fuck it, fine, I retire." Like whatever. You know, and that was so unheard of at the time. So, you know, shocking <laughs> that he did that. Yeah. And he was literally the, I mean, I don't even, I don't even think it's a question. He was the greatest football player who ever lived. I, I don't even know who would argue that at the time. And even still, you could argue now. Yeah. I mean, I guess consensus would say Tom Brady now, but like Jim Brown, inarguably was, it would, that would literally, him retiring was Michael retiring like that? Yeah. You know, it was it was the same thing back in the late '60s, same exact thing. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and like Jordan only tried one movie and then he was like done. So it's like even like and Jim yeah. Brown was mm-hmm. in a total like he had a whole film career after. Football. And like, whole career. it's a little different, yeah. obviously, because Michael Jordan did Space Jam to be like I am Michael Jordan as a known entity. I'm not like giving mm-hmm. myself to a part. Yeah, he didn't play um, a role. To, he was Michael yeah, Jordan. Yeah, yeah, and yeah, good point. Good point. As opposed to Simpson and Brown, they just they were like, no, I I, I have um, a passion for entertaining, and I, I feel as though um, this is a cha- this is a new challenge for myself, and um, I have obstacles to overcome. I can't just put myself in a higher position like I was in football. I need to like work my mm-hmm. way up in uh, the world of acting. But before we no. really get into the nitty gritty, I think we should properly introduce you. Uh, this is Dan Mecca. Uh, film stage and be say hello 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 good, good, good to be back. back yeah absolutely uh what, what, what did i what was i here for before was that it was resurgence <laughs> was yes. independence day resurgence I think we talked Our about favorite a movie, movie actually i think we just shot the shit I, i'm pretty sure yeah it was, was that the yeah. same yeah was that the same year was that also 2016 i was just gonna say that holy you down shit a it is in 2016 yeah 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 the best um, and worst, the best and worst movie of 2016. Honestly, I have this in my top ten of the year, and I have uh, resurgence in my bottom ten. So um, there you go. You're absolutely right. Um, let's go ahead and ask you, hmm. when did you see Made in America, and also what's your history with OJ? Whatever you want to answer. Sure. First. Well, so OJ is my dad. That's why I'm on. You know that. Uh, OJ Simpson's my father. Well, you but you knew that. That's why you asked. Right, right, that's right, why. Right, I mean, that's right, why right. we asked. Hey, look, I'm happy. Yeah. Look, and I'm happy to. I'm happy to be here and to talk about him. And you know, my defense of him will be light. Uh, Mark Furman's my uncle. It's a complicated oh lineage. No. No, I mean. So when did I watch it? When did I watch it? Um. When it aired, I mean, it was, you know, I watched it weekly, right, on ESPN. Really? Okay. I mean, it was a big it was a big deal. Um, you know, I liked the 30 for 30s, obviously, um, when they were on. You know, I like, I liked Grantland. I still follow Bill Simmons. You know, I hem and haw with his takes as a sports fan, but I like listening to him, and I think he... As um, do most, I understand. It's- as do most, indeed. Um, well, Clay, Clay knows. I mean, me and Clay talk about NBA and Twitter a lot of times. He's a he's a big NBA fan. So, 
Yeah, I was enraptured with the duck like everybody else. I was enthralled. A time machine. And yeah, like, so I'm 32. I was born in 1988. So in terms of OJ in real life, that would have, I would have been five or six. Um, and certainly in my memory, I don't have, like, I don't have a lot of memories as a young person, like a kid, for whatever reason. Um, but, but I do remember it. I remember it almost not as an event that I understood lucidly, but... I remember it as a thing that the people, the adults around me, you know, when you're a kid and a thing happens and you can recognize like, oh, whatever is happening right now is different than all the other stuff that usually happens. Yes. And whether or not you understand what that is, you are, you are aware of the difference. You're aware of the you know, it's like a, a glitch in the matrix, right? You're kind of like, oh, wait a minute, what's going on? And, you know, the white Bronco, it's funny. I mean, it sounds cliche, but the white Bronco is what I remember. I mean, it's really that, I re- that you know, speaking of the NBA, it was during the finals when that happened. Yeah. I believe it was the Knicks, I believe. And it was like, you know, it was the famous, I believe this is true. I think they talk about the documentary. The finals were on and they like went to the picture in picture and the smaller picture was the finals, and the mm-hmm. larger picture on your TV was the Bronco. Wow. I mean, that really happened. I mean, you guys are younger, I know, than I am. So I, I'm actually more curious to know how you know OJ. But in truth of, like, how I knew OJ the person otherwise, and this is also going to sound very cliche for a 32-year-old, it was the Naked Gun movies, of course. Yeah. I He, he was Norberg in the Naked Gun movies, and the, the joke, the whole joke, and I love those movies, but the whole bit, was he was the idiot who got destroyed every five minutes and there was Pratt Falls. And it was funny because OJ wasn't funny, right? But he was funny because he wasn't funny. And it was yeah. just the, that was the whole bit. It loved it. I've watched it today. I, I still laugh. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's how I knew him. You know, that's how I knew him at that time. And then obviously I went to school in Buffalo. He's, one, you know, if, Arguably the eh, one of the greatest Buffalo Bills ever. I, I guess the Super Bowl teams would beg to differ, but he was a he's a great Buffalo athlete. So, yeah, the older you get, the more complicated it gets. But that's that's my OJ origin for sure. Excellent. Um, yeah, my OJ origin is nowhere near as fun as that. I uh, learned about this person and the this whole circus that that wanted on in the early 90s through not made in america the but the people versus oj <laughs> when oh, okay. ryan murphy's television show aired in 2016 my dad knew of it and he was like interesting i was in my 20s when this happened i'm gonna show um my kids what happened and so like we all gathered as a family and watched people versus oj um week by week and that was sort of my introdu- but introduction not seeing the events play out but you know like I, I remember so vividly like I'm not sure how the series really holds up I, I think it's still pretty well received but like Sarah Paulson as uh, Marsha Clark oh, oh and, the uh, yeah, FX right yeah, right right like, yeah. uh, Courtney Vance as Johnny Cochran so it's like I have all these people as actors right so it's and like in my mind I always yeah. have the trial as a TV show even more so because literally the trial was a TV show 
2016. Basically. Um, but I was so addicted to the TV show. I, I was like, is there any more of this? And then I think <sighs> around the same time or a few months later, there was a, some more of this. And then Made in America. Yeah, the out. same year. Um, same year, uh, I think only months apart. And it, I was I was hooked. I didn't see it. I, I saw it that year, but I didn't see it week by week. Um, hmm. And I was just enthralled. I I remember just thinking like there was no question I had. There was no, there was nothing I felt <sighs> as was left on on the table. Like there was nothing, no stern left unturned. And I, I think that was mm. a really cool feeling that um, there was such a big canvas that Alman uh, was able to use and was so fortunately given by ESPN. Um, and I still feel that way. It's just remarkable right. uh, what was done here. Um, what about you, Clay? I, where, where's Where's OJ in your life? Well, so I just want to look actually, up. So Jack had, um, like, yeah. So like in 2016, yeah. the world had 18 <laughs> hours of network television of OJ. Right. So like 10 hours yes. of American Crime Story and then eight hours of OJ Made in America. So and if I if I was told to, I would go back to do that all over again. <laughs> I mean, this, this story is just uh, it's funny, like. It's as cliche to say as you knew OJ from the Naked Gun movies, but it just mm. there's something about this that you kind of feel as though the rhythms just happen naturally, and everything is so mm. iconic about uh, this whole story. And yeah, I it mean, becomes, it becomes I think, almost relaxing in a way, if that makes sense. Yeah, I think you know the thing, you know. The thing about O.J. and the trial and his whole life, and I think what the documentary and Ezra Edelman, the director, and ESPN, what they do so well, and look, it won the Oscar, it won a Peabody Award. I mean, it was obviously, you know, it, it is a great piece of work, of course. And the FX show is good, too. I liked it. I watched that show. I mean, I think it's the last great John Travolta performance, at least so far, right? I mean... Yeah, among other great, you know, uh, iconic Schwimmer performance and iconic <laughs> Cuba Gooding Jr. performance, you yeah. know, and I know some some people waver with the Doc Ryan Murphy and the tone, the tone, the tonal nature of it. I get that, um, Sarah Paulson, you mentioned, but um, the thing about the whole OJ thing that his whole life is it really is a modern American tragedy. Almost, almost like the Theodore Dreiser novel. Like, I don't know if you guys have read An American Tragedy or if you've seen A Place in the Sun, which is based on that novel. But, like, that is one of the great American novels. It's a great movie, Montgomery I've seen Cliff. Place in the Sun, yeah. Yeah, and, uh, and Liz Taylor. Uh, George Stevens directed it, right? An amazing movie. Yeah. Um, and the book is even better. And it's like... It's a lofty comparison, but also a right one, I think, because what is more American than the story of this, you know, young African-American guy, you know, coming from nothing, born in a place where identity and race, he was always fighting against it, right? One of the best things about the documentary is it really does pinpoint the thing about O.J., that is a controversial thing, I suppose, but very fascinating, which is one of the reasons he was so beloved by everybody is because he wasn't Jim Brown. You know, Jim Brown was black, right? And I, you know, and with a capital B, and I mean that in the sense of civil rights, right? I mean that in the sense of he was political, he was outspoken, he was very much like 
these are my people. We are being oppressed. I'm going to talk about it. And if you don't like it, you can fuck off. Like, yeah. if, if, if our model, if you're going to fucking run me rag, if you're going to, you know, throw the book at me because I'm on a movie, I'm going to retire because yeah. I don't care. Right? Like, that was Jim Brown. And he was beloved, but not by everybody. Certainly not by everybody. Right? And when I say everybody, I mean white people. Right? Like, yeah. OJ, who obviously came up after Jim Brown... And this is the documentary does well to say this. And in OJ's own words, they they point to this. He was a man for everybody. He went out of his way to be universal, right? And if that meant code switching or if that meant acting a certain way at certain parties and what have you, he was open to do that. And one of the most fascinating things about the whole documentary is um, when they make, when they're making ragtime, you know, which is. Uh, the adaptation of the great novel by Milos Forman and Howard E. Rollins gets the role, I believe, right? Yes. They talk about how OJ campaigned so hard to mm-hmm. play that role. And that whole role is about a black man dealing with his blackness and not fully able to come to terms with it. And like in America, where, you know, it's the quote-unquote land of the free, but it's really not. And, like, what does it mean? And how do you live in that world? And that was O.J.'s interpretation of his own life. And all the success and the Hertz, the Hertz commercial and the fucking, you know, all these things. And the, the Heisman and the fall. I mean, the ri- the only thing that matches the rise is the fall. And, I mean, it's, it's truly, there's nothing more American. It's just, it's unbelievable. And to, like, go back and read about it. And rewatch a couple episodes and like just kind of go back to that place. You really just go like, it isn't, it is a, I don't know, I don't know what else you would compare it to other than, like I'm trying to think of other people in America who you would compare OJ to. And truthfully, I, I don't even know, I, I can't even think of somebody. Like as I'm talking, I can't even think of somebody. The I feel only as though, people um, you could compare it to are the people who haven't committed murder. That's the thing. Like you well, no, like we talked about earlier, but right. It, like that's where the comparison stops. It's like it's funny in the mention in the middle of the doc they mention like it's like one of the few times a so- like one of the few times anyone can remember a celebrity being tried for murder, and it's like right. that's true. I mean, you have like your Broad your Matthew Broderick's who you know uh, get a manslaughter charge for drunk drunk right. disorderly or D, uh, DUI um, or drunk. Right. Plenty have have had DUIs too. Yeah, exactly. Or I mean, like, look, the know, ma- I, honestly, Clay, it's funny. The Matthew Broderick thing is actually a good, not it's not even close to OJ, but it's a good point, mm-hmm. right? So Broderick, when he was a young star in the late 80s, I think him and Jennifer Grey were in Ireland, and he killed a woman, right? And he was in a car accident, and he kind of wasn't, he didn't go to jail, right? It was a very kind of muddy scenario, and... I believe the family has forgiven him and there was penance was made and everything, but like it changed everything for them, you know, Jennifer Gray and Broderick. And it's kind of a forgotten thing. And, but it's not, I mean, Broderick did not murder. I mean, Broderick did not like, and look, OJ was acquitted and it's important to say that. Okay. But like, like Robert Blake. Okay. Committed murder. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Phil Spector. Yeah. committed murder okay but these i mean phil specter okay one of the greatest if not the greatest music producer who ever lived fine but he wasn't oj okay no. like i mean and that's one thing i do think gets lost and the, once again the documentary does great 
OJ's a punchline now, right? Which is crazy in its own right. It is. You don't, I mean, people your age, I know you you guys have seen the doc and you know this, and even people my age, but people your age, like, they don't, you don't really know, like, how fucking famous OJ was. Like, it really is like if Denzel was arrested for murder. I mean, that is what it was like. I mean, and it's, and it's unbelievable. And really, it is incomparable. It really I think is. that's the that's the best comparison. Um, yeah, we can we can make Denzel. Um, I, I think I'd, I'd also like to throw Robert Wagner in that hat of like. Well, but wa- we but know. yeah, wa- but yeah, I mean, that's a good one. R.J. Wagner, yeah, I mean, but Wagner until until Walken dies or Wagner dies, will we ever know what happened on that boat? I right? think we I mean, will know because Walken is taking that to his grave. You know, <laughs> so we can really yeah. only. Speculate with our entire chess, um, mm. but yeah, it, it, with with OJ, we it's really interesting. It, it's almost it's almost like we're working our way backwards. But like he's he's become a meme. Um, he's yeah. become a joke. Uh, like someone that's um, like the darkest version of himself. Uh, like the version of himself that was that was scared to that he was probably scared to become and um and i think that's that's interesting that edelman doesn't have to like go back and have an appendage added to the doc because like oj's not going to be doing anything you know like it's not like he's living in um solitude but it's not like he has like a business to run or like a movie coming out it's more just like he He's laughed at for being OJ now. It's not... People aren't going up to him asking for selfies. Yeah. Well, I'm sure some people are, but yes, not everybody. Um, but it's not one of those things where... No, and let me just correct like myself. entire restaurant. Right. Mm-hmm. Robert Blake, I guess, did get acquitted, so I don't want to get anybody to get sued. I guess he got acquitted. But <laughs> anyway, point stands. It's, it's, a, it's a Wagner situation. Mm-hmm. Um, but, um, but, yeah it's so so anyway i guess just talking about the doc right so like you said clay eight hours um basically yeah it's the product uh right it's the product of the 30 you know the 30 for 30 uh production shingle within espn connor shell right all those people and um it took like 10 years to make right they interviewed i mean the other just for you know i work in uh media production for my career and i can just tell you from limited experience, one thing about this movie is the breadth of interviews and accounts from every single angle is very impressive and not incredibly common, right? I mean, you know, you can watch a lot of docs and there's a lot of great docs, but they really cover every angle and that in itself is a gift because no matter what you think about whatever happens you get a full account and i think that's so important and, and almost underappreciated almost yeah it's true yeah especially with uh, some key figures like mark Furman. or i know um, right even Lee bailey or um just i think people who have been a little quiet over the last 20 some odd years um like I think one of the MVPs of this entire eight hours is Ron Ship, um, 
Because yeah, Ship right. is he, he he had like so many peaks and valleys uh, in his relationship from OJ. Like came from New York, was a fan. Um, he was friendly with him when when he was a police officer, and then like was even friendlier with Nicole. And and then once everything happened, just could not or, or he shook off rather that that whole facade that OJ holds on people, and he's just like no. It's, this person is, is capable. I know what they are capable of. And um, this is just the logical step to that I've seen. Yeah. And yeah. it's very... And also his oh. agent. Um, I forget the... Do you guys remember the name of OJ's agent? Uh, it's Mike something. He was also a really well, good interview. Weren't there two? Weren't there two agents during the whole documentary? One in the very beginning was there? and one at the end? I, I might be making that up. Um, it's, it's so, it's the thing about this doc is like, I mean, one, it's, it's eight fucking hours. Yeah, it's a lot. It's, it's we're, yeah, all of yeah. It in track, I almost, track, I almost yeah. recommended like we maybe split them up. Like we talk about part yeah. one and then two, three, four, five. But I think that would be a little hard even then. Just like we have to remember what happens yeah, in it's each. So it's so like expansive. Um, mm-hmm. I guess maybe it could be uh, easy to remember just like one and two pre-trial, three and four trial, and then yeah, five is aftermath, there. I guess. But even then. Yeah, kind of like that. Um, my my relationship to OJ, just to answer this real quick because it's oh, not yeah. crazy, but like we were talking about how he is now a joke. In modern culture, he is now a punchline. Mm-hmm. He's now seen as this crazy guy who's around who you know, may have committed murder that we all just make fun of online. And my exposure, my OJ origin is that. It's the very that. It's hit, it's my exposure to him is in popular culture is the family guy jokes, the South Park jokes. Like all the you know, like shitty comedians on Twitter, like, you know, stand up comedians have like a bit on OJ or whatever. Like right. I you know, I fucking like I think one of the first times I heard the name OJ Simpson was on like uh, on a Jeff Dunham special when I was like eight years old or something, like that's that's how I know him. Is that all of the immediate aftermath and us regurgitating him back into popular culture through just like you know like jokes because that's what he became because it was such an insane story that there was no real conclusion that we that I think people just were like I guess we just make jokes about him now because it's also one of the like you said American tragedy and tragedy is comedy plus time. You know, it's 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 very like it, it's crazy because I always, and I just never really knew anything about the crimes themselves, the aftermath. I knew like little bits and pieces. There was a chase at one point. You know, he killed a waiter who wasn't even there to do anything besides like give like something back, um, all that kind of shit. But like I just assumed, oh, it's just like this crime of passion that happened and it was a horrible thing that happened but you know it was like you know it's it it, it like at some points i thought like maybe in my mind i thought it was just like almost an accident at some point just because it was because i just didn't know the specifics of it and then of course when you see the doc you're like oh no this was like a savage murder like this was horribly disgusting and like upsetting and just grotesque very much premeditated yeah like it's it's awful yeah like awful and i just it's funny because i feel like well it just means it just kind of means to me that like popular culture really has just like since before like before 2016 before we had this re- regurgitation or this re- uh, re- resurgence of oh hey though 
um, right. this resurgence. An of, Independence Day resurgence, you yeah, could say. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> um, with this resurgence of O.J. Simpson, we have the FX show, and then the, um, and then the doc. It's like before that, it feels like we all down or like pop, like the culture downplayed this like the savagery of those murders, and like like how yeah. extremely disgusting they were. That's right. that's another part of the doc. That's impressive and gruesome, of course. Which and look, you you mentioned him, right? Ron. Um, let me make sure we get his poor name right. Ron Goldman. Goldman. Ron, Ron, Goldman. Ron Goldman. God bless this motherfucker. Is just returning. Um, Nicole Simpson. Nicole Brown Simpson. My heart just like breaks for like glass, like sunglasses, on, on right? It like was it's her like, mother's glasses his that she poor, left at, that left at his right. uh, restaurant. And 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 you know, I think look, we live in this weird beautiful horrible country where a million people get killed by guns and for whatever reason and this is a human thing the stabbing i mean that is in a in a weird psychological way so much more horrible it is and i don't know what that says about being an american and having that thought or maybe that's just a human thing but like when they go into the the court the, the the police reports and the details of the slaughter i mean it's truly to your point it's eye-opening and yeah look it's you know the context is so important in 94 the denial i mean and obviously right because of the end result and and, you know the racial you know elements involved which are so huge rodney king only a couple years before that cannot be overstated i mean that was an inflection point i mean that was an inflection point similar to what we saw last summer and continue to see today. And, you know, I'd argue even on a bigger level now, given social media and whatnot. Um, but, you know, that all fed into each other. And, you know, this, you know, the most famous African-American in the world, on you know, in, on planet Earth, being accused of this horrible crime, it was an inflection point for the entire country, the entire world. And I think, yeah... To your point, both your points, him becoming a family guy joke is crazy. And I think in a way it's a blessing that the reappraisal and the resurgence, Independence Day Roland Emmerich, of um <laughs> him of OJ and all that stuff is is important. And thank goodness it's such a good documentary. Yeah. 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 And yeah. um I, I was always struck by how Edelman does his best and I think his best is what succeeds at truly staying objective because I think totally with a lot of filmmakers um, it's very I mean this is probably the easiest case to to take a side because I think er, like every person in America who's aware of this case has a side mm. um, and I think what he does is like just give gives you the e- evidence but not I, I never felt like there was too much evidence with the defense or the prosecution side. It was just it's all there. You know, just that truly unsettling portion in uh part two, I think it is when Nicole and OJ's history of abuse yeah. comes to light and um it like it just it kind of leads you thinking, um and then like in part five when 
the verdict is announced, it doesn't help the racial component when no. you see these crowds of black people celebrating in the streets, cheering, OJ's free, uh, he's acquitted, while you cut to these scenes of white people looking shocked and appalled. So it's... Right. It doesn't, well, we should say, look... Yeah. So we should, not to, like, draw lines, but it certainly no, seems... No. As, yeah. And look, I mean, we should say we're three white guys talking about this, and I will never, we will never, in our lives, understand the context of whatever that feeling is. Right? We have not, and will never be, and will never suffer the persecution and stereotypes and prejudice that those people, Jack, that you're mentioning, were internalizing when they reacted that way and i think if any if any if there's anything i think the documentary does lack a bit and maybe it's because edelman's kind of hedging because it is such a touchy subject it's kind of that exploration of like the sociological component of like how do you square that with this like quote-unquote very obviously guilty person who then was acquitted of course you know, and, the, you know, if the glove does not fit, you know, you must acquit and all that stuff. And, you know, and then it's like even crazier, like to the family guy mentioned, Johnny Cochran becomes like a late night joke mm. and like a character in the, mo the the most celebrated sitcom in the history of the world, like who appears multiple times, Seinfeld, uh, Jackie, whatever his name is, uh, with Kramer. Yeah. An amazing, funny character. Amen. Uh, bravo to that uh, character actor. But kind of weird. Kind of weird yeah. to watch. Like, I, when me and my wife watch reruns of that show, which is, uh, we love Seinfeld, like many people. Those scenes, I'm always like, yeah, this is funny. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Like, it's very, like, one of my favorite jokes, a movie that I absolutely love, 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 uh, this movie, Undercover Brother. Mm. Uh, I think from 03, Malcolm D. Lee, uh, Eddie Griffin. And it's like it's like Austin Pla Austin Powers, but you know, uh, like a black exploitation like satire. And basically Eddie Griffin is undercover brother and he finally is part of this league of like underground uh, black people who are like fighting the power like as spies kind of and they're telling him all of the conspiracies and proving to him how the conspiracies are real. Like all these, you know, and then Eddie Griffin goes, so OJ really didn't do it. And they're all like, well, I don't know about that. <laughs> yeah. And they all like, I mean, though, I think that's a great version of that joke yeah. and probably the most honest one where it like squares the thing of like, ah, no, I don't know. And it's, it's just, true. and we'll I think, like right. And I get, you know, to what we we're saying earlier, Ron Goldman's dad showing up oh my God, and yeah. really Whenever humanizing screen, this. Like it's heartbreaking. It's Oh, my God. And, look, look, obviously, Nicole Brown Simpson as well. But, like, she, you know, at the time, and they talk about this plenty, you know, she was obviously appropriately mourned. But poor Ron Goldman is, like, the other guy who barely gets even... Just wrong place, like, wrong ...recognized. Yeah. And, but, like, not only that, like, it's like he gets murdered, and then it's like nobody cares about him. You know what I mean? Like after, it's like uh, incredibly painful to even watch his poor dad re re uh, recount. Oh my God! I mean, brutal. I I still think about I still think about those scenes, and I did not rewatch those scenes for this because I wasn't mm. doing that. But yeah, yeah. But it's truly heavy stuff. Yeah. I'm sure it affects you as a dad now too. So. 
even more so. Oh my god, yeah. dude! Don't even. I can't even. Yeah. Yeah. It's true. Oh my god. Oh great, I, I, Jack! I, I now I'm thinking it. about my my poor son being. <laughs> she's gonna return a wallet to some girl and get you know killed. What? I, I, awesome. I love, I'll quit this. I, I can't do this anymore. Um, I love the uh, the Saturday Night Live sketch that, that they cut to, like Tim Meadows as Johnny Cocker, and he's like, "What? I'm not wearing oh, yes. this African tie." to signify anything to the jury <laughs> cut right, to everybody right, else right. just like the garments yeah yeah that's great yeah and, you know it's funny like i think in a way you know the people versus oj simpson was helped i would argue by the ezra edelman doc because i think when the show came out and it came out first right like we said mm-hmm. People were saying stuff like, oh, the Travolta performance is the Shapiro. It's so over the top. Bah, bah, bah. And then you watch the doc and you're like, no, it wasn't. Yeah. <laughs> no, yeah. no, it wasn't. Shapiro's that, a weirdo. Like, TV show. Yeah. It was they're already all, they're, a TV show. They're all weirdos. Yeah. The, every, yeah. That was the other thing about this thing. And it's less important, but it's also crucial. The judge, the Damn. the weird neighbor. What was his name? The the blonde guy. Uh, oh, Kato Kalen. Oh, something like I that. I love him. Yeah. Kato, Kato Kalen, you could yeah. not write. I could write 50 more screenplays. And if I wrote a Kato Kalen character, every person who, who would give me notes would be like, look, dude, here's the deal. That Kato Kalen character, that would never happen. Don't ever do yeah. it. He's like living in the back of the house. And he's he like a failed actor. OJ, and he that's ca- never explained. And he was like kind of, and he was like kind of there, or he wasn't, yeah. and he also ran away, but he's totally fine. Like, what is the he thought, like? He what's his he motive? He heard the he thumps, thought, but like he didn't he make an anything earth, of he the thumps. It was an earthquake. <laughs> I mean, you couldn't even, and like, and the other thing, the judge Ito, yeah. right? Ito, judge Ito. Yep. Like the, the other thing is like. <laughs> Ito decides it should be televised. That's the most insane thing that anybody could have ever decided. And the, the doc does do a good job of contextualizing that. That was like heavily criticized that he did yeah. that. And and you could obviously argue it being televised was the thing that got him acquitted because it only, yeah. you know, yeah. you know whether or not that was the right decision. But yeah. so many things. I mean, unbelievable. Um, lots of. I, I don't personally believe this, but I know there's there's some there's some reviews that I, I remember reading at the time, and it's like people really don't like uh, Marsha Clark and Chris Darden. They think that they were yeah. the the wrong people for this um, prosecution, and it's right. it's hard. It's hard. Like when you have Bailey, Cochran, Douglas, uh, Shapiro. Like I don't, I'm not sure who you get to to prosecute against them. Just because they, it feels as though they have all the ammunition. They Simpson the has all team. the money, and they were they were the. I was just leading to that. Yeah, they were the dream team. And, um, it, it's sort of what Mech is saying about writing a Kalo character, character. Yeah. Uh, down in, in like a script, like you. These feel like movie characters. These aren't like actual yeah. people. And um, yeah, yeah. I was well, like, and yeah, and it, it goes to like, it, like I, re- I remember um, even the great stage actor Nathan Lane. He plays Evelyn Bailey, and he plays him yeah. like a, like a person who's written for the stage. You know, so even more so. Exactly. What were we saying, Clay? Well, I was like, I was. It was funny as I was watching when I got to the courtroom stuff because like that's like the third episode in or something like that. 
um, I was like, I never watched the show. I never watched the um, Amer- American Crime Story or whatever. And so I'm like, well, who do they cat? Who do they get right. to cat? Like, who do they cast for this and that? And I look up. I'm like, yeah, no, that's spot on. Yeah, that's spot on. That's spot on. Like yeah. the actor they get for Judge <laughs> Ito, I'm like, holy shit! They yeah, sound oh, um, almost exactly alike. Yeah. They have like yeah. the same cadence in their voice of just like that kind of like. I'm not sure if you know this, but David Schwimmer's like, betrayal of Robert Kardashian is just saying juice a lot. And it's really funny. Like, I come on, Juice, we gotta do this. <laughs> I can see that. Yeah, that's sort of the it's... joke about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But and it also, just, and you know, that, and that. Go ahead, yeah. No, no, no. That that was it. That was it. No, no. I mean, and the other, you know, even a less important but also crucial part of this. I mean, incredibly crucial part of this is the Kardashian family. I mean, yeah. it's unbelievable. Like Robert Kardashian it's, it's was a very strange domino effect that I was. I distinctly remember that moment in a, in part five when it's like OJ's in. I mean, maybe we'll we'll want to talk about this later, but it's like OJ's in Vegas. He yeah. like turns the TV and he's like, he sees Kim like introducing Keeping Up with the Kardashians. It's like what <laughs> these, these yeah. pop culture figures just like. Well, and even wild. I mean, dude, it per, it persists. Like my wife, lo- you know, she loves that show. God bless, you know, um, and there's a part there's a there's a episode in that show maybe more than one but i've seen one where they address the resurgence of the persistent rumors that chloe kardashian is this is the daughter of oj i was gonna mention which i was gonna is which i mean this is real shit that real people talk about and it's crazy and robert kardashian was a lawyer who had stopped practicing law basically by the time everything happened, but he was OJ's very good friend, and OJ asked him just to be there as a moral support. But Chris Kardashian was um, one of Nicole Brown Simpson's best friends, so the conflict is very real. Mm-hmm. I believe yeah. Selma Blair plays her in the yeah. Yeah, FX yeah. show. Oh, oh, see, that's another good And casting. it's just, yeah, it's great <laughs> casting. It's great <laughs> casting. It is I re- it's funny, perfect. like, the the casting is really good, and I, I remember, like, in show, in fact, I was th- thinking about seeing it again for this, but I, I didn't have time. Um, I remember a lot of people, like, didn't didn't enjoy Cuba Gooding. I thought he was really good. Like, sure, you don't exact, look exactly like OJ, that's pretty hard, but, like, you have the mannerisms down, and, like, the... Um, but it's also so he meta. Ma- yeah, he makes it's the... so yeah. meta. Yeah, he- it's very meta, and it's only gotten more meta, um, obviously, yeah, right. uh, with Cuba. But poor, yeah, uh, anyway. Um, c- yeah, with Cuba, he makes the right decision, which is don't do an impression because you're never going to win because it's so outside of it's – so out, it's so outsized to do an impression would be to court – doom right no one like, does OJ just instead no one does that there's no well, and, 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 but in here, OJ impressions. and and here and he i don't i can't remember if the doc does this but i think a reason is oj was always kind of doing an impression it's yeah, hard sure. to do an impression of somebody doing an impression that's like, really good i mean just, and, and oh, yeah. yeah no no i mean right so so i think when you think about it like that kuba makes the right decision to instead embody that character. And I think where the casting is per- perfect, or very good at least, is Cuba Gooding Jr. is his own troubled figure. And I think yeah. you, I, you, 
you, you could never convince me Ryan Murphy and his team didn't consider that heavily when they cast, you know, sure. you know casted Cuba. You know. It's true. Um, yeah, and like just thinking about the performance um, OJ put on in that courtroom, unmistakable, right? Just like looking at the the way he looks at the jury um, with that side. He barely eye said and, a word. Like when he, like it hardly said a word. It's all his face and like. He, he's at least self-aware and you know i i believe he's self-aware and like just knowing like yeah. i am oj like i i could do this i can captivate a room i'm doing i've been captivating rooms for decades um like when you see him trying the glove like one of the show-stopping moments of this whole thing like it, he looks he looks at everybody like it takes a minute like there's that famous picture like i don't know like look at this it's just a glove and like sticks out his tongue at one point like ah, i can't get it in um but then, like, I was struck again in part one. Um, he's been performing for his whole life. Like, Clay and I are in college right now, and I can't even imagine getting the amount of attention that OJ had when he was at uh, University of Southern California. Like, right. it's it's just incredible. Like, people, I feel I feel as though students would walk up to him, maybe not to the extent, but it felt like to the extent as they do, like, in the 90s. Like, they were just... Like, oh, yeah, right, it's OJ. Yeah, I, I know him. He's a good person. Makes me feel comfortable, regardless of race. Like, I just... Yeah. And that's always sort of been his thing. Like, he just... He's well, a people pleaser. Early childhood stories of him just, like, yeah. talking himself out of so many different areas. Yes. Like, his yes. friend Joe was, like, he was a... Ma- like, yeah. he was a One of the great interviews of this seen. entire thing. Yeah. Like, he's, yeah, yeah. he just talks himself out Back of Back in the so day, OJ and I... We really got to it. Yeah, exactly. His voice is so legendary. The moment I hear it, it's one of those things in the doc when you hear it, and like, even though it doesn't cut to his face immediately, I'm like, oh, there's Joe. Okay, cool. All right, we're gonna get Joe. Yes. Oh, thank God, he's back. Yes. Yeah, he's Um, great. One of my favorite, one of my favorite bits about from a stand-up comedian is like Rory Scovel, and he he does that bit about Joe Bell. He's like, you know, I just had the craziest theories about OJ. I think Nicole and Ron killed OJ, and they embody what he. He now looks like, and it's like we can, we can't use any of this footage. We can, I'll try I'll try to find it. It's, oh, it's so good. Did you guys see that uh, that OJ documentary? How did more people not see that? It's uh, it's incredible. His one friend he grew up with with the raspy voice. You know what I'm talking about? That dude, Jay. His boy, what did he do for that? Why? Why was OJ? His whole life, his friends are like, I don't. You gotta, you gotta speak up. I don't. OJ. I don't think OJ killed Nicole. I think he killed Ron Goldman. I think that Nicole accidentally killed herself. Like he has the shittiest theories. I think. <laughs> embodied what we now know as OJ. The documentarian's like, I can't use any of this footage. I can't use any of this. Where did you even get that? Yeah, I, don't, I, don't, I don't know. I haven't seen him in like 35 years. He might have done it. Actually, he might. He did, he did it. 
<laughs> Funny. Um, but like, yeah, and then like, another so, interview. Go ahead. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. No, 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 Clay, go ahead. All right, thank you, thank you, thank you. Um, but no, it is interesting. My that, foot's like, down. He, they keep mentioning as if like you know OJ's like, you know who's the real OJ is a constant argument in this in this doc. It's like who like who is the real man? Who is the performance? Who is the person? And a lot of the times they you know a lot of different interviewers like the people who are getting interviewed they come to the conclusion that. The real OJ is the hustler, the person who is always, like, back in um, Galileo High School, I think it was, like, just him trying to, like, figure out how to get ahead, how to survive, to do, you know, talk himself out of anything he wanted to, to, like, you know, basically just, like, continue, like, moving up in the world and also, like, being able to um, just live another day but also like being able to get out of stuff and have fun and like that but that hustling mentality that kind of con sweet talking charismatic like i have a goal i have an ambition in every moment in every conversation and i'm trying to achieve that in any way i can so this is how i'm going to operate within this conversation is i am trying to reach this it really result. went to his head like the ego yeah. inflated so much yeah and the ego makes that like that kind of you know that that kind of hustling mentality into something so like otherworldly in the sense of like his ambition right. is out of this world the moment he gets a little power and fame like the mo like he now he just he gets a galaxy brain to like you know use internet like terminology he gets right. a galaxy brain of like fucking I want to be a businessman I want to do movies I want to do like the, like the moment he is given just like he, he keeps going and going and going he just doesn't stop and so he comes up with the craziest ideas that he can do. I'm gonna own honey baked ham, and he did. And it's like, what? Like it, it's crazy. Didn't didn't to that point? Didn't it remind you of that scene from Independence Day Resurgence, <laughs> where Liam Hemsworth <laughs> talks himself out of that uh, thing? You guys remember that? Yeah. I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> From you know, from Independence Day Resurgence. Uh, yeah, no. Anyway, no. no but so, but what I was gonna say, another bit I liked from the doc was Peter Hyams talks. Yeah. Who directed OJ in Capricorn what's the name one. of the movie? Thank you so much, Jack. Capricorn One, which is a kind of a kooky movie it's like we faked the moon landing movie right yes oh, that's um peter himes an editor who became a director yes. who's pretty good he's made some good ones time cop stuff like that um dan what's your take on 2010 oh, oh it's good yeah i like it it's good oh so so yeah. quick quick aside that was, that was himes that's just why i asked if, yes it's one of his best there's no reason there's no reason like you know <laughs> no no quick quick 2010 aside it's because why not yeah. um when are we getting the opportunity? This is, I mean, this is, the, this is the podcast for the 2010 talk, if we're going to talk 2010. Thank yes, you. Absolutely. So 2010, which obviously, for those who don't know, is the sequel to 2001 Space Odyssey. But it's like, it's literally in so different, right? Yeah. And it's Roy Scheider and... Uh, Helen Mirren. I can't think of the other... Helen Mirren's in it, and I can't um, think of the other gentleman. Bob Balaban? But Balaban's in it. So Lithgow. Himes directed it. Lithgow, Lithgow, Lithgow yes. thank you. Yeah. Good movie. Um, yeah. Kind of the end, kind of the beginning of the end of Roy Scheider as like the big movie star, right, in the mm -hmm. 80s there. So 
the 2010 thing, it was like kind of not liked when it came out, even though it did okay. It's the Godfather 3 problem, right? Which is, okay. Godfather 3 is a good movie, okay? I would argue it's a very good movie, right? Check out the, the, the Coda uh, recut. Is the even, death makes of it even better. Michael Corleone. Yeah. The death of Michael Corleone. The problem is, The Godfather 3 is a sequel to the two, two of the greatest movies ever made. So that's a problem, right? Like, 2001, it's a really good movie. Or 2010 is a really good movie. Unfortunately, it's the sequel to one of the greatest movies ever made. So, you know, that's where you run into those comparison problems. Anyway, you should watch it uh, if you have not. Hyams, I think, is a great um, representation of Hollywood's denial Mm -hmm. and then reluctant acceptance of of the OJ of it all, right? Because Hyams was a friend of OJ's, but in the doc, he's clearly so disturbed by it you know decades later because he's fully aware of like i literally like we said earlier that's like his oh tom hanks killed someone right like he's like i could not have conceptualized this in my mind Mm -hmm. and like feeling even a some sort of weird guilt of like well like yeah look not to i mean it's the Harvey Weinstein thing. Like people ask Quentin Tarantino, people ask Ben Affleck, people, you know, these people who worked for Harvey for so long and their answers are unfortunately unsatisfactory because they're like, yeah, he was a creep. Did we think he was raping and these hard, no, but it's like speaks to the patriarchy and it speaks to the power system and it's a real problem. And it's like, Mm -hmm. does that mean Quentin Tarantino is the worst person in the world? No, I mean, certainly it does not, but it's important to hear those answers, which I believe are honest and think this needs to get litigated, not in a court, but like in the court of how we treat people with power. And then that's a segue into the, I mean, my God, if anything is aged better, the whole cop part of this freaking documentary where it's like you know five years later my god like these cops you know like you said earlier jack how many uh calls were made to these cops how many bruises and broken bones did nicole have over the years i mean and these 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 men mostly men these cops just turned a blind turned a blind eye like willfully because it was oj because it was juice like seriously and it's it's an indictment on (laughs) i mean it's an indictment on celebrity our treatment of celebrity it's it's a real and and it's an indictment on you know to some degree you know the police force obviously but it's a really interesting thing that almost you would think if edelman did it again you would spend more time where like, you know, the thing about Furman being an open racist is like almost undercovered, right? Like it's like, like it was, a, it became a huge part of the trial, but like, that's important. You know what I yeah. mean? Like that stuff. And it only feels more important now, five years later. It really does. And it only feels more important that he didn't, he didn't defend himself. He wasn't like, what? Why would you say this about me? I, I've never said anything like this in my life. I only said it because it was in a book or something like that. But he pled right. the fifth, which doesn't help at all. In fact, in the way that Elman almost frames it, it makes it worse. Where you just yeah. don't own up to it. You're just like, 
I'm just like now, almost walking now, away. Now, fun fact for all the listeners: uh, in the early 2000s, back in the day, the channel USA they used to make USA movies, like TV movies. That's right. And I was a young man, and there was a movie I liked a lot because I'm, I'm kind of near. I'm kind of from not from. I'm near where this happened. They made a movie called Murder in Greenwich. Okay, I have family not from Greenwich because you know I ain't rich, but near Greenwich, <laughs> and I was like, oh shit, Greenwich! I know Greenwich. That's where the rich people live. And it was it was about these two. This young woman was killed. It was like a s- sad story. And the cop who investigated was Mark Furman, and the movie's about him investigating the murderer. And who played Furman in the movie? Christopher Maloney, y'all. It's true. St- Elliot Stabler himself. And it's a cra- it's like I really liked that movie when I was younger. And I was like going back, I was like doing a little research earlier today and I was like, "Oh. He was playing Furman." That's the guy. Based Isn't off that of crazy? Book that's that funny. Furman yeah. wrote. Cuz he Furman wrote a book, yeah, about that. Oh yeah, mm. he became famous. Yeah. And he wasn't famous like, I mean, his reputation has sullied over the years, but like it was everybody didn't hate him. You know what I mean? He got to write a book and USA made a movie and Elliot yeah. Saber played him. You know, it's like, so, and it was just saying. something. Right. I went, now, now I'm going to rewatch that movie and I'm going to be like, I don't know, Furman. Yeah, I don't know. Mark. I don't know. <laughs> Mark, I don't know what you're doing here, Mark. I don't, uh, I don't know right, about, Mark. I don't know. I don't know, Mark. Uh, uh, yeah. It's, um, the expansiveness yeah. of it all. It's like, hmm. I, I just think about, so I talked to my mom about OJ before, just like the more, like even before this doc or whatever, I was just like, so what was it like? Because they Cause go way was, back, right? Like they, oh God, don't. Yeah, yeah your mom, did, yeah, your yeah. mom date, your mom dated OJ. When it's was that? True, Clay? It's true. Yeah. It's true. I can't, I can't front. She was the um, third wife. They don't really talk about her. Oh but God. It's... All right. Yeah. Um, but she like, didn't, she didn't agree to be in the doc, so she did not. <laughs> Uh, and I was like, so what was it like? What were your feelings on it? And she's like, well, he sure. did it, obviously. Yeah. And I was shocked when they said he didn't. I didn't even understand it. And I'm like, I guess, yeah. Like, why? how would you, like, understand it at that point? Like, how would you understand the idea of the quitting with so much evidence in, the, in like, in that way? Obviously, she's white. Right. Um, and sure. I'm like... I, and, and of course, I didn't understand it for the longest time because, I mean, I, don't, I knew almost nothing about it, but I also was just like, well, he obviously did it. There was a bunch of evidence. Why was he acquitted? And some people would say, oh, it was about race. And I'm like, that doesn't explain that to me. It's about race. It's just not – that's not – Right, like, right, right. That's right. like a just like generalized – It's not an answer. answer. Right. Yeah, exactly. And so I'm sure. like, okay, so how – so as someone who's never really done any research, read, watched any other show or media about it, like how did he get acquitted? Like what was the reason? And I do, I just love, I mean, this, this doc is like contextual heaven. Like everything has context. Mm. It's like the part, like, ev- like, oh, that thing needs context. That thing needs context. This guy needs context. Like, you know, like you get personal antidotes from a lot of people. Like you get personal antidotes from Mark Furman. And a lot of it is just like, you know, like the context of him first, like going up to, um, the uh, to the like 1984 to a call where Nicole was you know like being hit like he was on a domestic abuse call like that context is key all of it and like 
each civil rights activist who wasn't even really part of the story, like um, Dave something rather, um, Whitebeard, um, Kitty. Mm, yeah, yeah. Dan has a kitty. Um, but like, yes, and, my friend. And, and so like each person gets that key context, even if they weren't a major player, but it all informs everything else. And like the context informs the other context. It's like, it's so expansive that it just lays the perfect groundwork of being like, I understand why he was acquitted. Like, you get that perfect mm-hmm. understanding of, like, it yeah. makes sense. Whether you agree with it, whether right. you disagree with it, who the fuck cares at this point because it's done. But it's, like, mm. there's – it makes sense. Like, there's, a con- like, a conceptual reason. And it's it, – and it makes – and I just wish, like – of course you couldn't have that doc, like, when it happened because you need so much time to really process all that and to, like, really figure it out. And, of course, it – and I'm glad – and it, they took enough time, too, I think. It doesn't feel like it was too soon when they made this because just so much time has passed in the sense of, like – the right. perspective of it, uh, even though it was like going to be like twenty years or something like that, um, but it's and, and so it. But I wish like people who had that opinion, white people specifically, just like well, it doesn't make sense why he was acquitted. What it was based on race. What like the and like the everyone says well the race card was played and it makes no sense or whatever. It's like that's that it's not related to the case, and I just and of course some people will still feel that way even if they watch the doc, but. I feel like a lot of people should just watch this and just kind of feel like and just really get the context of everything what was happening in Los Angeles because it's such a national case that the idea of the history of Los Angeles I think got lost a lot for people because it's like I can't contextualize like yeah. uh, Rodney King or I mean maybe Rodney King but like they can't contextualize um oh who was the young lady who got shot at the convenience store um or the is it not 30- Letitia Harlins or is that thank you right. yes yes and the 39 did I mess it up yeah, and like the 39th and 10th, um, uh, like like raid on that one house, like all these like really important oh, yeah. contextual yeah. the Watts riots too. Angeles. Yeah, exactly. And so for so for a lot of people not knowing that because this became not even a national case, a worldwide case of how much attention was put into it. You get that key context. You're kind of like, well, it even though maybe I don't agree with them acquitting him, it makes sense in the sense of, and I'm not saying it was just purely because of it, the history of Los Angeles, but the idea of the LAPD may be fucking it really helps. up. Yeah. If maybe the idea and the concept of the LAPD being somewhat nefarious in this whole ordeal is easy to believe if you have that context. Sure. Yeah, and I think, and I, I mean, you know, on another level, an- another comp, that's good is the wire right which obviously is fictional but comes from real you know context and account accounts um from baltimore right so you know for my money that's probably the best piece of media ever made right in terms of just i couldn't really i guess there are better movies i don't think there are better shows um uh mad men comes close i guess but like the wire truly might be like as close to Dostoevsky as like any American artist will ever get, right? So like this Edelman's piece is, you know, to your point, Clay, the 360 understanding that you are able to grab and harness. Yeah, it's it's unparalleled, and I think you can think to something like The Wire or whatever, where you go like. I get it, right? Like, yeah. okay, 
I can see how this happens. And and there is a pronounced lack of judgment, Jack. And, and you said that earlier. There is a pronounced lack of like... I mean, look, art is art. You can be the greatest documentarian in the world. Nothing's objective. Subjectivity comes in everything. Anybody who says otherwise is a fucking liar. Yeah. So it's like... You know, even if it's even if it's you know, cinema verite, don't look back, D.A. Pennebaker, blah blah blah. They're Fred choosing, Wiseman. you know, Fred Wiseman. Yeah, Fred Wiseman's like the closest you'll ever get to that shit. But Freddie is still choosing where to put the camera, right? And if you're choosing yeah. where to put There's the camera, choices. like it's like not the all only, security camera like, footage, and yeah. even a security cam footage. Right, if we're gonna go cache fucking Hanukkah over here, is like is a decision, right? So like you can't. There is no, there is no objectivity in this world if you're making a choice to make something, even if it's Freddie Rot, even if it's Freddie Wiseman. I can call him Freddie because I know him a long time. Um, but um, fun fact, he fun fact about Freddie Wiseman, mm. he did. This is true. He did second unit. He no one ever talks about this. He did second unit on. Independence Day Resurgence. That's true. <laughs> Look it up. Look it up. He sold oh that God. so well. I thought, like, oh, wow. What are you doing? Was it 2010? You got me. Oh, my gosh. Cap, that's that's Cap, really Capricorn good. 1. Cap- Capricorn <laughs> 1. No. Um, but, no, yeah, exactly. Object, objectivity is impossible. Subjectivity is always a thing. But Edelman gets close, right? And I think that's important. Yeah. I think... Um, <clears throat> similar to a point that we made earlier um, about what this case is notorious for. It's like um, Cochran said at one point, like, I'm not going to play the race card. And then that interview Shapiro gives after the, the verdict was announced, it's like, yeah, we play the race card. <laughs> Just completely owning it. And I think something sure. similar to that is like, you know, OJ isn't on trial here, but the LAPD is on trial. And that that I, I think we've we've kind of hinted at this before, but it's it's like the timing when this happened is like so impactable. It's almost like it's planned. When yeah. we it feels like fiction. We have it reached feels like fiction. frustration. It feels like fiction, and we've reached uh, frustrations with the LAPD that's gone to a boiling point. And whatever justice um, needs to come in what form, then. We'll we'll give it and we'll receive it and it's like, yeah, it's it's interesting though. Like and yeah, and you know it's funny, Jack. You saying that makes me think a thing that this whole scenario in the documentary kind of captures, and you can kind of extrapolate on as we are now is a thing that tended to happen. Um, that I pray happens less and seems to be happening less is. So the narrative is like, well, you know what? The LAPD, yeah, we know they're racist, what have you. Rodney King, what have you. And then OJ gets acquitted, and the like media cell is basically like, well, are you happy now? Yeah. Right? Now, that is horrible, mm-hmm. but it's not unlike, right, in a totally different way, when Obama gets elected, you know, I'm in college, okay? That's my yeah. first election. I'm knocking on doors. I'm a child still. 
that dude gets elected and i think i conquered the fucking world right i'm crying <laughs> like i work for my college newspaper yeah. i yeah. you know i think we figured it out man yeah. i'm like the dumbest most you know naive ignorant white 19 year old that's ever been you know born in a suburb ever you know and yeah. i'm like we did it guys yeah. is it over yeah. crushed it and it's like you get to 2012 and you're like wait what happened and then yeah. now it's 2021 and i don't think i've ever felt dumber or more ashamed of myself and yeah. but that was the country that was a significant part of the country this like bullshit like one like 17 million for me one for you narrative thing that yeah. like is this false equivalency bullshit it, it, oj is a great example of this horrible you know thing where it's like you know back in the day you know when chauvin gets uh convicted that's like celebrated way more than it should be and i'm happy that in 2021 we're saying he should have gotten more or that's the least we could do right i mean that those are important um differences right mm -hmm. like in terms of the culture right you know to see that change it's small but it is progress you know it's yeah. not nearly enough but that's important yeah. yeah it's it's interesting when they talk when you talk about progress and like this was another civil rights activist who said this um during the interviews was like when he got acquitted it's like that is right. an example of progress in the sense of a black man was acquitted of a crime against two white people. Like the victims were two white people and this right. black person was acquitted of a crime. Now, the, it, it's progress in the sense of this would never happen in like like the 60s or 70s or whatever. Right. Like, and, and that's a crazy statement because it's true. That's the that's the it's a crazy statement because it's true because that, it does show some progress of some kind. Now you could just you could argue oh it's because of a celebrity that happened, which is probably true. But the idea, sure. of, but like, sure. still, it, 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 one of the few times your race had like you know being a black person had benefited you in this particular moment because of the race card because of Furman's you know history with the LAPD with the jurors all of that. So like the very first time in like modern history that being black helped you in something <laughs> like in especially when it comes to the justice system and it's crazy that it is a kind of a sh it does some show there was some there's some sort of progression here and but mm. even though he did it i'm gonna say it he did it he wrote a fucking book saying he did it basically but it does, mm. and so and during this whole thing, when they're explaining like the civil rights activist point of view of the whole thing, even if they're not like saying he's innocent, like there was never this point blank question that Ezra asked, which I think is fair because it's like at this point, what doesn't matter? It's like, do right. you think he's innocent? No, he never yeah. asked. Um, I can't remember all their names because so many people, but it's like you know. Um, yeah, but it guy, doesn't benefit anybody. Yeah. Yeah, exactly, and so. And uh, David, I didn't think his name is David, the guy with the white beard, um, he, he basically said, well, it wasn't about OJ. OJ was a vessel. It was a vessel hmm. for like, what the justice system represented and also kind of a, like it's a reconciliation of what happened years earlier with the cops getting off on the Rodney King beatings. 
And right. you look, and it's like, Marsha Clark says this, I mean, plenty of people say this, it's so much bigger than that prosecutors, and it's so much bigger than that actual individual case. It's so much bigger than OJ. It's so much bigger than Nicole Simpson and Ron Goldman, even though, like, those deaths are tragic. That whole thing, that one murder, or two murders, like, it's that, I, the, the, the you know, um, I think the time... The Times writer says, like, race is the biggest, like, con- like, conflict in American history in the sense of, like, the biggest topic that, uh, like, that describes this country and the history of this country. It's, like, the yeah. main art, you know, arbiter of so much of our actual history and culture. Right. To have, like... So, in a sense, he is... OJ was a vessel. He was. Like, it, at, at that point, yeah. and it's like, it wasn't about him. It was about what it represented to the city of L.A., to the country, to the justice system, um, to the, you know, to, to basically to, you know, the consequences of the LAPD being a racist institution. And, mm. like, that... And it's crazy because you're sitting there and it's like, I'm watching this and if I was, and you think, oh, if I was on that jury, of course I would convict him because he obviously did it. But you look at just mm. all of that context I, and you look at the, like what he represented and what kind of like, it was like kind of revenge. And I'm a person who thinks revenge is never good, even though I've, even though it's, it's almost always justified, not always, how do I say this? It's just, it, it, it's, a justified feeling that people have. It's something that makes sure. sense. It's mm-hmm. something that comes from... It's cathartic. Like very, yeah. It's, yeah, yeah, it's like... Few the, things, it's it's yeah. healthy. Few things are more human. Right. Exactly. And so, but I think, you know, but when it comes to, like, societal decisions, I don't think revenge should play a big... I, I don't think it should play any part. Um, but... And so I, I just... So I, so I disagree in the sense of the, the acquittal because of revenge reasoning. I don't think that... Sure. That's totally appropriate... But it's like, how do you say well, that? Yeah. But like, and, and I said, I said this to someone. I'm like, you know, I'm watching the documentary. You're telling me how it is, and I'm like, you know, it's like, there's times when like people say that this was revenge for Rodney King, and um, the person I was talking to said to me, "Well, that's kind of a weird time to do it." And I'm like, "Is it? Like, what other time is there? What other time can you mm. truly have a direct?" like payback on something like this how many times do you have was it last year like was last year the payback for Rodney King well and that's but that's what I was saying earlier I mean it's good that we're not thinking about it like that anymore right because yeah it's it's bigger than that right and I would just say in terms of additional um for additional kind of to what you're talking about Clay I would encourage everybody listening to if they haven't already read Howard Zinn's the People's History of the United States. I would encourage everybody to watch Ral Peck's mm. Exterminate All the Brutes yes. on HBO Max, which is one is certainly the best thing I've seen this year. Um, which we'll be mentioning a Ral Peck m- movie in a little bit. I am not. I am not your yes. ego, right? Yeah. yeah um, which I think was my favorite movie of. Was it this the same year? Yeah. It's the same year, and it was also nominated. My God. Yeah. 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 I remember. It's funny you just said that because I remember feeling. Obviously, happy OJ made an America one, but like, I would have rather I am not your Negro one, yeah. because I think almost Clay to your point, Ral Peck's work speaks more to the complexities that we're talking about, right? Mm-hmm. That we're trying to talk about. Mm-hmm. And if you read Howard Zinn, and if you read Noam Chomsky, right? If you read these great thinkers. 
And if you watch Raw Pecs, you know, whether it's I'm Not Your Negro, you'll talk about it, or uh, Exterminate All the Brutes, right? Um, featuring one of my favorite actors, Josh Hartnett, FYI. Um, <laughs> and that's actually not a joke. He is in it, and he's good. Um, is good um, actor. Good actor. And it's... This country was built on the backs and the blood of Native Americans, of you know, slaves who were literally trapped and shipped and imprisoned, you know, from Africa to here. And to deny that is to deny an essential truth, you know, a truth as American as apple pie to you to turn a phrase, right? And I think it's impossible not to wrap the OJ scenario into that context while also acknowledging to your point clay that it's not it didn't solve anything you know it didn't make anything better right yeah. you know i mean these are important things and look an important thing this is harder and harder in the world of twitter and blah 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 two things can be true at the same time i say this constantly and it always frustrates me no matter what we're talking about whether it's films, Twitter, dumbness, or way more important things. You gotta be intellectual enough. You gotta be lucid enough. You gotta be nuanced enough. You gotta be aware enough to understand how you can say OJ was revenge for Rodney King. You can say that wasn't right. You can say he probably did it. And all those things are true. And it's not, you're not yeah you sh it, that should not be a problem for anybody right like you should and that's why the these these good pieces of work should be read and reread and taught because you know the you know the nine you know 1619 project right these things that only embolden and accentuate and expand our minds they're essential. And I think, you know, OJ made, made in America does touch the precipice of that, right? I would argue, right, uh, stuff like I'm Not Your Nego probably does a better job, but this is great. And I think you really get, you know, it did, you know, it deserved its Oscar. You know what I mean? I think yeah. in a world where octopus teachers win Oscars and penguins oh, who march win Oscars. And look, these are good movies. Once again, once again. No, no offense to the penguins who march, and no offense to the t octopuses who teach. These are fine films, but watch Time. Time, mm -hmm. Time was nominated. Did you guys see Time? It's so good. It's, it's like really the best movie. Like top three. Yeah, yeah it's like better than anything. Like, and really so that doesn't win, and I want to like burn a house down. But at the same time. True. People should see it. I mean, these are the important things. Time is another so, great example. Anyway, when it was, when it was, uh, gosh, damn it, uh, twenty feet from no, um, when we did searching for Sugar Man, we uh, we were reading off the nominees and uh, the act of killing was uh, was it right. that year? The act yeah. of killing. Oh my gosh, I'm I'm like overthinking this now. Um. No, it was that year because our because we. I like I like I like sugar. I, I like Sir Sugar Man. It's a fine doc. It it really really is. But the act, the act of killing. 
Right, another it, great one of the example. one of the best things I've ever seen. Yes, full stop. Just extraordinary. Um, and the, and the look of silence, which is look the of other, silence too. Also yeah. great. Also and, great. Same thing. Like twenty feet from from stardom. Like I really really enjoyed it. It was very yes. good. Morgan Nabel yes. is a really good filmmaker. But like look of silence is just tremendous, tremendous. Yeah, and I think I mean look, yeah. that's where we're yeah, talking yeah. about, right? Like that's important. Twenty feet from stardom, good movie, right? Us saying it shouldn't have won does not mean that it's a bad movie. I think mm-hmm. I get a little frustrated. I mean, we're getting into film Twitter stuff, but I get a little frustrated in the black and white, you know, elements of these things where it's like we can say those two things and they don't they're, they're not fighting they're not fighting each other in the the schoolyard after school like it's okay you know what i mean like yeah it's just yeah. it's a i think is it a little frustrating that the crowd pleasing documentaries always win the oscar unless it's oj made in america which did win which is great like yeah it's frustrating i guess but it's like it's the same shit where it's like i always say this like dances with wolves i love that movie all right, it, it's people hate it, 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 it decide it's bad now because Goodfellas lost. That's dumb. That's to me that's frustrating. Sure. Like Good Goodfellas is great, it's a masterpiece, fine. So is Dances with Wolves. And even if you mm-hmm. don't like, even if you don't agree with me on that element of it being a masterpiece, I think we can all agree it's a very well made picture, right? Sure. So it's like yeah. those are the things where it's like I just always am like, they're awards, right? Yeah. It's a voting body, you know. That's anyway, but um, OJ though to bring it back to OJ was a pleasant, uh, you know, bucking of that of that trend. Yeah, 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 yeah. and even more so just just since we like folks didn't really know how to categorize it. Like, is this a, a right? Topic? Yeah, let's, they like let's they talk put about it in this. theaters let's, to qualify. It, let's talk. Yeah, about I, I guess like let's crack the egg. It's a move. It's a it's a um, it's a move because it it did premiere at Sundance. You know, like the yeah. show part one there. Yeah, it's a movie. I believe. Yeah. Yeah. Is Last Dance? Yeah, I, I mean, it's the. Yeah, yeah. Why? <laughs> Why not? I mean, here, I'm, here, here's. I'm not I mean, disagreeing. Look, I'm not look, disagreeing. Look, I'm just like I don't know. I got people out. I got people out here telling me Twin Peaks season three is a movie. Okay, it's okay. true. That's, I don't that's know. I don't know what some fucking movie. It's not, I don't, man. and I don't, and I, and I. That to me, that's a TV show. Okay. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Some. Can we just acknowledge that we are making sense? And yeah, that I mean, a television show. That's a third season of a television show. Yes. Of a tele- Thank you. Thank you. Yes. Yes. I mean, and it's yes. like, it would be like, the, so, so Mulholland Drive, if you, you guys might know this, was a pilot that mm-hmm. he made into a movie. Okay. So it would, to me, it's like, that's the opposite of the same filmmaker. Like Mulholland Drive is a movie. The fact sure. that it started as a pilot doesn't mean it didn't become a movie. So it's like, just because Twin Peaks season three is so good, it doesn't make it just, not a show. I don't, you know, I don't, it's like it's so and, weird. And because it premiered a can, doesn't make it right. for me. It doesn't make it a movie. Like those first right. two seasons are a TV for show. Sure. I mean, yeah. granted, a TV show yes. in a different era of TV. It was on sure. ABC. It, it came out week to week. You know, like that was this a very it. traditional. Everybody watched. Tele- everybody watched. For, very for popular. The first half of the first season. Yeah. But, like. Showtime organized it like a TV show, yeah. and it's it, it was a continuation of those first two seasons. I, I feel right. as though if Lynch were to make an eighteen-hour thing, which is possible, 
of like non Twin Peaks related premiere to can, I would be a little bit less reluctant. But sure, um, the, I don't think the length like justified it. As yeah, I think to your point, another, Jack, it's not the length; it's the it's the framework, right? It's yes. the, you know, it's it's continuation of a story that's already been being told. So that's why, like, Last Dance is ten hours long. I don't know if they released it. In, I don't think they did release it in theaters, so it probably no. couldn't qualify. Because it but, came out in COVID, so I, I suppose. Right, but I mean, like, OJ, they released in theaters. They, they they hit all of the benchmarks. So, yeah, it's a movie. I mean, you know, that's what but, I like, think. But, like, Bad I mean, Education, I get, I, like the yeah. Hugh Jackman movie, that was nominated for Emmys. Not you couldn't, I don't think they would. Yeah, that was a shame. To be nominated for Oscars. That was a shame. I mean, it wasn't, like, I, yeah, I they, like that I, movie, they, too. They, they even, bungled that. They bungled yeah, that. Yeah, it's not even the question of, like, that should have deserved to be nommed or whatever. I'm just like, I'm thinking nowadays, it's just like, and at this point, it's like a miniseries can now be anything you want it to be. Now it's like a miniseries can be a movie right. or a TV show. It, 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 who fucking cares? Like, it's like, it's a miniseries. Okay. Well, it's like, both. here's my question. Well, like, is The Ranch not a movie on Netflix starring Ashton Kutcher? Mm. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Just kidding, guys. We're having fun here. You guys ever seen That's The Ranch? Right. No, I know that. Fun. I mean, I've seen it. I, how, how I've how seen was, it. How was The Ranch? It's all right. It's pretty. It's all right. It, you can only Deborah be Winger's right. good. That's yeah, like really it can't be that good. Deborah Winger, all right. right. It's good. It's all right. I feel as though like Deborah Winger is sometimes the M.M. Walsh thing, where it's like you know Robert Ebert had that had that role. Like they never can only bad. be so good. Yeah, never bad. Yeah. Yeah, um, Deborah Winger, never bad. Deborah Winger. So I always say, I think I tweeted this recently. Stephen Dorff was in the news for something. What did he do? He yes. said something about something. What he was he criticizing oh, he said Marvel. Black Widow. <gasps> yeah. He did. Okay. I don't care. Anyway, so Stephen Dorff, I, I think because he was in the news talking about whatever you guys just said, he, um, I said, and this is true, I've said this on our pod, the B side too, um, his performance in Somewhere is my personal favorite performance I've ever seen in a movie. Like, so if you say to me, Dan, Mecca, co-host of the B-Side, what is your favorite performance? I would say Stephen Dorff in Somewhere. My second favorite performance I've ever seen in a movie is Deborah Winger in Terms of Endearment. Yeah. Yeah. Both of those are... Would you like to come on sometime to talk about Somewhere? Are you... Bro. That counts. Come on. You should. 2010. It came out 2010. Yeah. 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 I'll be I mean, there. Nobody, nobody's said. Uh, um, wait, wait. Yeah, you should have, you should have no one's that knocking one. down. No one's knocking down your door to talk about somewhere. <laughs> actually, Sophia Coppola just texted. Great movie. Me. I love that movie. Sophia Coppola yeah, just texted. Oh, good. Okay. Well, yeah. I'll, I'll happily be bumped yeah. by uh, by Chris. What's who's in the his uh, what's the jackass guy's name? Chris. Uh, um, yeah. Pontius. Pontius. Uh, yeah. I believe I believe to... he's Stephen Dorff's best friend. I think it's Pontius, Chris Pontius. Yeah, I think. yeah, yeah, yeah. I what's Dorff's fucking Dorf what's is Dorf's best name in that? John, Johnny, what, what Johnny Star, Johnny, right? Uh, Johnny Marco, bro. Marco, yes. Johnny yes. Marco. Great movie. Good. Michelle Monaghan. Come on. Yep. L. Fanning, young L. Fanning. Young L. Dorff, underrated actor. Great. Um, in True Detective season. Three. Tur- allegedly, you guys know this. Allegedly turned down the role of. Jack Dawson in a little movie called Titanic. Mm. Oh, interesting. He wouldn't work in. You that. Ever heard of it? He's not. You ever I, heard of I, it? There was, I, I, I like there was someone else. For her. That's not for him. There was someone else I recently learned that 
turn down Titanic. But I can't well, McConaughey, it. McConaughey, Cameron said McConaughey, McConaughey was considered. Mm. I don't like him for which that. Which would make either. sense. I don't know. I mean, Leo's great. I do think Jack Dawson's one of those roles. You just need to be a like, lot you need of someone boyish. Played. And McConaughey's I think it, I think boyish. it does make sense why McConaughey was was considered because that sure. was in the post um, right after Days Time to Conf- Kill. Days, right after Time to Kill, that was in the post Days and Confused uh, world yep. when he was working with a lot of auteurs and kind yep. of Lone Star, like, uh, Lone Star, um, Amistad, Contact, Amistad. So yeah, um, no, you need someone like... In some roles he was fit know. for and some he wasn't, but... You need someone like Stephen Curry. Someone who just always looks very boyish. Like, oh, like, true. I don't know. Stephen Curry would have been good. Jack Dawson. Is Stephen Curry would have been Dawson. good as Jack Dawson. I was I would, just talking yeah. about... Just like dropping... opportunity. Just yeah. like dropping threes on the on the boat deck. <laughs> oh, my God, dude. I was, Watch I was watching um, the finals yesterday, and my cousin was watching with me, and she like you know like Steph Curry graphic popped up or whatever and she's like Steph Curry is so sure. pretty you know like that is the that's the way to describe very, him yeah. he's a very pretty man like he's just so he just he looks is. like he's been twenty for his entire like he's just been like nineteen like if you look at very him, boyish if you look at him in his rookie year you're like are you five you're like you're seven years old what are you talking yeah. about like it's just true an incredibly it's true. young person um but yeah, incredibly yeah, nice person um yes I like him he should be in movies he's funny. I like him. I I bet I bet you he'll be in movies at some point. He should be. Um, I think he's great. But yeah, I mean, I think I guess bringing it back to OJ, I think like it is so interesting thinking about the 2010s, 2016. You have both of these um, interesting pieces of work come out within a few months. They. They fit each other nicely. They complement each other kind of better than they should have ever, I suppose. And, um, I mean, yeah, it's a great it's a great time stamp 20 years later on such an important moment. Um, and, yeah, hopefully a spark plug for a lot of people, right? I mean, even as we're talking about this, kind of re-litigating, re-discussing everything about it. It even for me kind of it, it ignites a fervor of you know, a desire to research, a desire to read, you know, Ralph Ellison, right? To like go back and just, you know, reread, you know, um, uh, Native Son, right? You know, Invisible Man and just kind of think about the complicated nature of this country and the people in it. I mean, it's good. It, it, it sounds, it sounds lofty, but it's really not. I mean, it's James Baldwin. Yeah, Baldwin. Yeah, oh my God. Of course. Baldwin. Yeah. I mean, you know, I mean, Baldwin, I mean, is unparalleled. I mean, I mean, honestly, another, I mean, I'm, 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 I'm throwing out Rex. I know, but you know, whether ignored or bookmarked or whatever, but I would encourage people to, my God, Baldwin debated William Buckley in the sixties, I think. And it, that's, I mean, you will, I mean, it's beautiful. The prose, the discussion, the in- was that the clip on Dick Cavett or was it Dick Cavett? Else? Not. I, I'm not thinking of Dick Cavett. They uh, Buckley and Baldwin had a, de- a debate that was televised. I can't think of the college, but it's yeah. quite. You know, for people who don't know Buckley, he's the National Review, big conservative. Um, you know, uh, his opinions have not aged well. We'll say. Mm, interesting. Um, <laughs> 
But um, but Baldwin and Buckley, it's a good, it's a good hour long. You can find it on YouTube. But yeah, like anything on Dick Cavett, my God, Jim Brown on Dick Cavett, I mean, there's like amazing, fifteen minute, chats. Like you know, talking about Jim Brown earlier. I mean, you know, it's good to have this stuff that comes out now, and it feel it feels like less and less. Maybe that's yeah. wrong. But maybe yeah. it's not. Maybe it's, I don't know. It's, it goes back to the time capsule thing where it's mm. like these these issues, it almost feels as though they were just being talked about mm. and we can see them being talked about televised and the fact that they're being taped right. when that was just being started is so huge. Sure. Um, and that technology, um, it's, it's sort of like unwritten in the doc, but... Like Rodney King, and incidents like that, I'm sure happen oh my all God. the time. Yeah. Uh, but just we just didn't know about it. Yeah, I mean a dude. The, the key difference had, is yeah. that someone had a videotape that one night. Yeah, I mean that. Which fun fact that I'll never forget about Rodney yeah. King, is that Terminator Two was shooting just right across the street. Yeah. Which I find so insane. <laughs> no, and I mean were, the the bar. Yeah, and at the very beginning. Yeah, I mean, yeah, that scene. yeah, and I mean like Catherine Bigelow's Strange Days. Three years later, four years later, taps into that beautifully. It's incredibly underrated picture, uh, Strange Days. Yeah, great. Um, available to find anywhere. I've been meaning to watch the fucking. I know, movie. I know, I know. It's, it's hard. Bullshit, it was, it was man. available, and it's not. It's tough. Yeah, it's not great. Um, but you're totally right. Like some guy had to be walking nearby with a what thirty pound camcorder in 1991 to capture that. I mean. You know, we're seeing in real brutal time right now what cell phones allow for, you know, and, and you know, and, and uh, you know, cams, you know, body cams and, and everything. So, yeah. Crazy. Yeah. I, I do want to mention um, this. Do we have a... F- oh, I do want to mention ahead, this because this is like, this is my only criticism of the doc. Um, and I don't see it talked about too much when I'm reading reviews and stuff. Um and the director has responded to this criticism because it's notable. There is not a single mention of CTE or concussions or any traumatic brain oh, injuries throughout this entire documentary. I also heard this. Mm, yeah. That's interesting. And I didn't even think about uh, you're that. Re- someone, you're reminding me, yeah. Yeah, but I didn't even think about that when I was watching it. Someone just asked me. It's like, oh, did they get into the CTE stuff? And I'm like, Oh no, they didn't. I was so ingra- it's like it's one of the most engrossing things I've ever seen this doc. It's like I and I know I'm just criticizing it, but I'm also like it's also just so incredibly enrapturing. It's like it, it's it's the most glued yeah. I've ever been to a television feels like. Um because it's so engrossing. Mm-hmm. But it's like I didn't think about that the moment and the moment I thought about it, I watched the whole thing and I'm like they don't even say the word concussion, not once. And I'm like and apparently this was at, at a interview at like a at a screening. One of the audience members asked Ezra, "Like, what do you think about the idea that OJ had CTE, and that might have led to this?" He's like, "Well, and, and, and like, why didn't you include it in the doc?" And he's like, "Well, I think you know doctors can try try to tell me otherwise, but I think that's a cop out. I don't think that's what led to the deaths, and I don't think that's a big like um, that's not uh, a big. I don't want to. I don't want." to let OJ off the hook just because maybe he has a traumatic brain injury. Sure. Which, and right. the thing about CTE is you cannot, uh, you, it's, you cannot diagnose that until after death. You have to commit, you have to, uh, there, an autopsy yeah, currently, has to yeah. be. 
Yeah, you have to like look at the yeah, brain. That will to. that will that that will that will change, but currently no. Yeah. yeah, currently. And so there's no real way to know if he has CTE until after he dies. CTE. Right. Um but like to not even talk about it with how prevalent it is now. I mean, look at what happened with Hernandez. Um the the Patriots tight end Anthony Hernandez or um, Aaron Hernandez sorry I mean Aaron yeah like that's like football like pro, like former football athlete or football athlete committing vicious murders that's that's right up there right um, you look at a whole bunch yeah. of other I mean what just happened with like we're talking well, about Ma- Mike Webster and we're talking right. about this There's the a day. There's a million examples. Yeah, and we're talking about this day that we're talking about uh, this the day that Richard Sherman, like it came out that he got arrested on drunk uh, disorder, yeah. also domestic abuse charges, and like it, you know, it's not saying that's like, oh, that's the reason he like he's you know like hitting women or whatever. That's like, of course, there's there's so much that goes into that, and it's hard to again, we don't know because like you gotta figure that shit out after they die right now. Mm-hmm. And it's like, but. To not even mention mm-hmm. the possibility of it when this doc covers so much. This doc covers everything, it feels like. It's just all of the angles, all the context. I mean, hell, he includes, like, the like, LAPD officers he has. They He gets their opinion on the Rodney King stuff, and they say some really fucked up shit. And he set, allows that in the doc before, like, you know, com- like yeah. transparency. And it's like, I, and I understand. And it's also, like. Go ahead, go ahead. Uh, Edelman isn't ignoring the science either like i i really love the uh the long stretches dedicated to the forensics oh yeah 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 um yeah it's not he's it's, not afraid it, to the get trial. too technical like, that stuff is, yeah yeah it's not he's not afraid of the jargon that's for and sure so um, i'm just it's I was it's really more disturbed. yeah that is where that's i, I yeah. was really because yeah. i think that i think that yeah sorry <laughs> that's what that stuff is just so like speculative and while it's valid, it's like the science that we do see that's in the trial, that, that's a part of the evidence, it, it, is, it is a cartoon. Yeah. <laughs> right, because we go to Dennis Fung, who looks like a deer in the headlights up there. Oh, God. I've never seen and someone so scared. And we have Barry Schick, who is putting on character. a performance trying to win an, an Oscar. Right. And, and it's... <laughs> I can't believe this actually happened at some at some parts. Um, just like screaming in the, because in the trial. It, and he's just like, it's you know. it's almost like it's making a mockery of the evidence. Um, and before they even went into a courtroom, you see videos and they're just like goofing around with it. Yeah. Um, and even Cochran, I think at one point, um, I just don't I just don't understand. It's it's like maybe they didn't take it seriously because it's OJ. I, I, mean, um, I just think people are, I think the, I think, I mean, it's one of those things where uh, one of the jurors says this is like, if they took this case really seriously and they really did like went by the, uh, like the, if they did what they were supposed to do in making this case, they would have won, but they didn't. And so they lost. And whether that's mm-hmm. totally true because of so much of the other stuff happening with like that went into the acquittal, but it is a good point. It's like, they fucked up in so many areas. It's like it's at one at some point. It's like, yes, he. It's so obvious that he did commit those murders. But on the other, at the other point, it's like with the court of law saying, with a reasonable doubt, with all of that like cross contamination possibility of um, like you know the of 
you know, of Furman being a totally biased. You could even point to Mark Furman as the the central. Yeah, and player. the LAPD just making a lot of hiccups in that glove thing. It's like, with a reasonable doubt, it's like, you know, what does that mean, honestly? But if you go by that standard of the rule of law of criminal court, as if they ha- are they guilty without a reasonable doubt. It's hard to have. It's not. It's hard not to have doubts when you were presented all of that incompetence right in front of you. Um, but just to go back to the CTE thing real quick, it's like I question, and I'm. I don't want to question Elderman's integrity, but I'm trying to make sense of it because I just think it's such a glaring omission. And maybe it's maybe he truly just decided not to include the CTE stuff. But it's hard not for me to go to like to speculate of the ESPN of it all, because ESPN of course has a lot of great contracts with the NFL. Oh, interesting, interesting. Okay, very yeah. lucrative, and ESPN is a producer of this doc. It's like they are, you know, it's yeah, thirty for thirty films, and I'm not saying I don't want to again. I don't want to like, it's not a conspiracy theory, but it, it it it's the thing that came to mind when I'm like, why is CTE in here? Like, why is in the concussion, and. I understand. Sure. It is strange since it, this is contextual. Yeah, heaven. exactly. This is contextual heaven, and that's such a big piece of context left out. And I understand if, if if this was truly you know Ezra's intention, like this was my choice. And his reasoning is I w- I didn't want to give OJ a cop out. I didn't want him. I didn't want it to just blame on something that we can only speculate on. There's like no God given proof that it, that that could have affected what he did. I understand that, and I, I under, and honestly, like, so it's not even like I'm, like, self-righteously angry about the omission. I, I do think it's a bit irresponsible, but I can get the understanding of he wants to be sensitive to Ron Goldman, Nicole Brown, and the idea that he doesn't want to let that kid, like, he do, he doesn't want this mysterious brain injury that could or could not ha- could be within OJ's brain. He didn't want that to be the like so-called reason of it. Because it's impossible to prove at mm-hmm. this point, but I do think it's important. Right. If like with what is going on in the NFL, with how troubling CTE is as a trend, and how it's not going away anytime soon, no matter how many rules they put in place, at this point the league is still very like you know we talked about this in um, our undefeated episode of how kind of fucked up the NFL is. It's like you look at. I mean, again, Richard Sherman is a, currently a cornerback for the freaking San Francisco Niners, right? The, the 49ers. He's, he plays for – I, yeah. But, like, he's currently yep, in the yep. NFL. I mean, and like, what? Like, and so it's, like, it's an important topic that you kind of just – it just feels wrong. If you're going to put all this in, it feels wrong to just omit. Um, to not even pay any lip yeah. service to it. And it goes th- – it goes back to the fact that like we just treat celebrities different and even though they uh commit the same crimes as any other felon it's just like they're held as a as a higher standard um yeah yeah and and it's like cte is it's not invalid um but i also think that some another thing that they do spend some time on that it's like a cause leading up to uh, meeting Nicole and then the trial is Marcus Allen. Because, yeah. like, I, I find his introduction kind of interesting. Like, OJ's persistence on being a yes man 
and just having everything brought to him and not and at a certain point in his life not really working much just like getting everything marcus allen just served as as like a a younger better version um that they could then market and say like well you're getting stale and then we can bring in this new person um and maybe he was just scared and like i I don't want to read into it too much but it's definitely there you know it's it's interesting yeah and certainly if you certainly if you made the doc today you it would be impossible not to address it i mean the the crucial difference of five years 100 Mm percent um yeah i mean certainly the whole marcus um do we have any favorite interviews yeah um Ooh. It's hard because a Unless lot of people are in and out, in and out. But like favorite like panelists, I don't know what to call it, but like people like in the dock, like because a lot of times yeah, favorite talking they just heads. go back yeah. and forth, back and forth between like five different people, and there's not a lot of time spent on one person. Um, I mean, Furman, Furman is the most Furman's so important because it's such a complicated talking head, um, and it's great that he speaks right i mean just in terms of having that in the dock i mean favorites a weird word for it because of who he is and everything but most compelling um, right and then the childhood friend like we mentioned kind of impossible to not mention him um because you don't get ac ac obviously didn't agree to be interviewed for this um which would have been and um, right, Malcolm Jamal Warner. Um, yeah. Also, someone I I completely forgot wasn't interviewed for this was Chris Darden. Yeah. Well, yeah, he wasn't gonna. Yeah, he wasn't gonna do it. Yeah. I mean, Mar. Mar- oh, really? Yeah, I don't think he was. I, I think he's. I don't think he said yes. Uh, Is he one of those Marsh- people who just wanted to distance distance himself? Oh, it, I mean, it like ruined his life. I mean. Th- Oh really? Yeah, this no. case. I mean, Darden. You would yeah, argue yeah. <laughs> more than anybody suffered, other than the victims, obviously, like he's and and their families. I mean, Darden. I mean, yeah, it was a, it was bad. What what the country? Yeah. How the country regarded him. I mean, you you know, terrible phrases, Uncle Tom like things right like not not nice. especially with that n-word thing towards yeah, not the beginning nice. um not not yeah. appropriate or, or, or called for i don't think um marcia clark obviously essential you have to have her i think she's intelligent and obviously dynamic so i mean like these are Great obvious idea. answers but i mean these are the ones where it's like if you were edelman like he would probably say that you're right he would say the same thing it's like these are the people we needed to get you know mm-hmm. um i adore the two jurors they had uh Carrie and Yolanda were excellent, I thought, because they're just two black women that are a part of two um, very, like, blunt interviews that come from two different generations and voted differently, and um, you really had so many dimensions with them, uh, uh, especially with, like, Yolanda being the biggest example of of someone who just like felt this was this was needed they that just wanted this win. right yeah that was an honest yeah that was a good moment can i ask a question who from the dock would you have liked to have seen in independence day resurgence <laughs> carl douglas i want carl douglas Joe bell man or um, wait, it was it was his like, last name bell 
Yeah, Joe Bell. <laughs> I don't I, like. He just he'd be yeah, a perfect. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You got know. it. I don't know. He. I like that guy. Yeah, yeah I guess it's. I guess it's like hard. I guess it's hard actor. to say anybody else. Yeah. It's hard. I mean, yeah, Ron Chip yeah, yeah. would be fun. O.J. Simpson. Well, O.J. Yeah. Ron Chip, poor Ron Chip. Yeah, oh god. He was very poor, compelling. Oh, gosh, he yeah. also there's that tragedy. I loved. Yeah, I he, there's loved that him. tragedy yeah. to it because it's like, and also that the thing about this doc that I think was not maybe the most unique, but the thing I was surprised at most and that I found to be super compelling was they would introduce these uh, people, the, the talking heads, so early on in the film of like earlier on in the film when they actually were introduced into OJ's story in the sense of like you have the SWAT guys who confront him at his house when he has the gun to his head they are they they're in the dock way before that just giving their own opinions on the LAPD like they're not like, like that was the reason yeah, they were right. brought there yeah that's the that's the main new nucle- like you know, that's the instigator of their involvement in this story of OJ Simpson but he doesn't he doesn't just use them for that. Like he uses people, he uses the people for like, or uses the, um, the interviews for all of the other topics that they cover. Like he doesn't, it doesn't limit himself by like, oh, you're only, you're only good for this one topic. I can't talk to you about anything else. Right. He, it, it, right, it adds right, right. so much more character. Yeah. And then we just don't see yeah, them again. But it's like you add, it adds so much character and perspective and context to everyone involved in this. Like you understand. The detect the bald detective's like point of view, like he's this very pro cop, probably kind of racist, like you know, like arch defender of like the Rodney King stuff, and like, and he's the detect main detective on the case. You learn so much about him before he even enters into the story that it adds so much more dynamic and more uh, context. Again, like it's it's context heaven. Like you just learn so much about every individual and their perspectives going into the actual like event that caused them to be a part of the tapestry that is O.J. Simpson's story. It's like I never really seen that before. Like just using interview, like interviews early on, mm. and like also the way they would credit them, folks that'll circle around. They would, yeah. yeah. Like like the purpose that they're there is not where they start, and then they get to their placement in the story. Yeah, 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 totally. Yeah, that's great. I I like and like they introduced Ron Ship as a fan at first, and then you're like, okay, mm. they just got some random fan. Mm. And then, like, it, as you progress, it's like yeah. they change the little description. LAPD. And they do legit have, like, an actual Buffalo Bills fan. Yeah, exactly. Like, I, they, they, <laughs> like, that, like that in the parking lot or something. And it's like, the, like, oh, this. is he coming back, too? Do you know that guy, Dan? Yeah. <laughs> do you know that guy who was just yeah, outside? Yeah, fun fact, but he was actually Dan Mecca's dad. That's my dad. Yeah, that's my yeah. dad, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's my dad. Yeah, Buffalo. Yeah, Buffalo. I mean, there's, like, seven people there, including sure. my brother. No. Very cool. Um... <laughs> Fun fact: The year after this stock, Edelman gets an executive producer credit on a on a thirty for thirty produced stock about Junior Seau. Speaking of CTE, it's interesting. That is interesting. Um, you know, it's funny that that we mentioned Buffalo and how much like uh, in those first two parts, OJ hated New York. Oh yeah, and he's yeah. just like, I need, to, I need. Well, to yeah, that's the other thing about OJ. Like in today's, I mean, I guess the NFL is a little different still, but you could see him wanting out of Buffalo back in the day you you didn't really have that option but yeah he very openly wasn't a fan of, of Buffalo or the cold and the you know everything yeah mm-hmm. yeah, yeah long time ago and contracts weren't as crazy so it's not like he had a lot of he didn't have like a lot of oh yeah um, the player it was not this yeah I mean they yeah, had no he didn't have a lot of in, like or, uh, reason to stay in Buffalo even though he had no choice because like trades weren't as common players didn't have as much power to just right. say I want to be traded yeah. Um, 
It is interesting right. how little of the football stuff is, uh, the, the, there. I mean, there is like a whole. The first whole part is about football, but it's like. I mean, I, I think that just maybe goes more toward. It just says more about OJ's life. Is that like even though what made him famous is only like a footnote. That's kind of crazy when you think about it. It's like if acting for Tom Hanks yeah. or yeah. Denzel was like only like oh, there was that little thing that happened and then he became this. Right. Like he's like a NFL yeah. Hall of Fame. Well, like it's it's yeah, it's it's, Ron, it's 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 Ronald Reagan. I mean, it's it's Ronald Reagan, right? I mean, perfect. Yeah, yeah it's that's, actually the that's perfect good, good comparison. example. Um, yeah. 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 Or I suppose like you could say bring it back to Dwayne yeah, Johnson. Yes, yeah, right, similar. It is crazy. Uh, you know who else I, I loved it that they, that Edelman got was uh, Gil Garcetti, who's the oh, sure. the oh, former sure, yeah. DA, um, the the dad of who's now the mayor of Los Angeles, and uh, the what I understand the um, misconception about Garcetti's role in all this is that he didn't make the call to put the trial in Los Angeles. They were going to move it to Santa Monica where. There's going to be a more white jury, um, and everyone always blamed um, Garcetti for keeping it down, planting the flag in L.A. But I guess that was never, yeah, yeah, that was never his call, I okay. guess, and uh, that was eye-opening. Yeah, yeah, it is like Darden, AC, and like maybe a few others are like the. You can't get Kardashian and Shapiro because they're passed away. You can't get. Cochran yeah, passed away. Yeah, those are like the two that they that he doesn't get that really matter to the story. I mean, obviously OJ, um, but like you know he doesn't interview OJ, um, <laughs> which he actually contacted oh, but got never to. got a response to. Yeah, you just have to. Which you would have be to at fascinating. Least cover your but it, again, it's like I don't think it's one of those docs that the subject isn't in the film, it do, and it doesn't feel unsatisfactory as a yeah. result. It's more just like. He's very much in the mm. film. It's just like his presence is large, and um, we—he's a character without being yeah. filmed. Right. Yeah, he he hovers overall. Yeah. 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 yeah but yep. yeah, I think like Darden. Like I would love to hear what AC. Um, like he, I, I, w- I just was convinced he died or something because I'm like, well, why isn't mm, he being? And and right. of course, uh, you know, that's my oh, gosh. that's my idiocy. I'm yeah. like, of, of course you can just say no to this. What do you mean? <laughs> like you can just say I don't want to talk about this. Like mm-hmm. so, it, it's interesting. I'm, I, I, I was really struck by, um, like when, when, AC was, at Nicole's oh, wake, and he just like was telling that story and he was like up there and like was being really charismatic but just just breaks down like man it's, it's really gutting yeah and to just be by OJ like even though it's it's crazy it's like I mean that whole thing of your best friend killed one of the people you you know one of like another loved one of yours like someone you cared for deeply but you can't believe that he actually did it, even though you know he did. Like that's. I mean, speaking of great interviews, I mean, his agent at the end. That's got a message. Martin, yeah. like he adds so much yeah. context to all of that, and so much like what's going on behind the scenes. I mean, the arthritis medication part of what he talks about the glove thing. That's huge. That's a huge, huge that's detail. Right. That yeah. is like I, I'm like I, like that changes the whole thing. That changes the entire. He was the fun fact. He was the. Uh, he was the longest interview that they. Oh, I bet did. because he's like, like I mean he's it's like almost yeah, all of him at the last part in part five it's like almost all of him. 
it's like there's only like there's some of the sports memorabilia person the people he hung out with in Vegas but it's like so much of that that one guy It's Mike Gilbert. Yeah, that's right. Is I it knew Mike? It was something along it's those Mike? lines. I don't know why I thought it was Matt. Yeah. Mike. Okay. M, what are what are you gonna do? I um I just I just find you just mentioned part five. And both times I I've seen the series I find part five like really kinda like painful to to sit through. Just I think the Vegas stuff is sort of like a person self destructing. Um, regardless, again, like we've said this a million times, like regardless if he did it, he did do it. We saw like the worst of him. I (laughs) we saw the worst of him come out in Vegas, I think. And that was like someone taking the complete wrong direction just to do something very simple on, on their mind, which, which was just, um, you know, a complete uh, fall from grace, and and you, it, he honestly kind of like looks unrecognizable yeah. because he's trying to act like he's still in his thirties when he's like in his sixties, and I think that's inherently sad. No matter what um, happened in Vegas, he's so no, different. totally. It's a- he's so different from his height. It's like startling. Like if you take seventies no OJ hurts commercial OJ, and you look at mug photo of running through the yeah, airport you, yeah. mug photo of him getting arrested for the um uh the robbery or the, whatever you want to call it like that's crazy like i mean not because not, yeah. i'm not talking about physically but you just yeah. look just like the light in his eyes it's just so it's gone it's gone and then you see him in that like rap video and just yeah like it's crazy like because he used to be the poster boy he used to be who you put on cereal boxes and, the, and then he just finally decided to play into, like, the bad guy persona. And it's, like, night and day. And it's interesting. Like, who – I can't recall whose radio show it was. I think it was uh, Wendy Williams. Yes. But she she had him on. And uh, and you can, you can see in real time the effects of, like, this hypnotic thing O.J. Simpson has. And it's like, god damn it. He's still so much older, but it's – like still there and a new generation is going to be like maybe he isn't as bad as we make him out to be and still like a little when he came on twitter people were like um, oh it's oj like there was all these jokes and stuff it's like no one even thought about like him as like the murderer of someone who savagely murdered two people and i yeah and i think marcia clark made up like she says something along the lines of we wanted him to feel as though he was Ted Bundy, someone who was nice and innocent on the outside, pretty handsome, but just like had this dark, sinister side that that no one saw when the cameras are off. And I think, in a way, they succeeded, but it still like ultimately didn't work. And the perfect example of that um, was at Rockingham when everybody visited and, and um, they took a tour through this house and they changed yeah. the pictures. See, that's the incompetence. Um, like which what is, Ido which did is fascinating. for that yeah. is like you yeah. deserve to lose this yeah. case. I mean, even though Ido's I love not- I love the line that Carl Douglas yeah. has. Yeah, um and he, and he's like, If you if we had a Latino jury, we would have had a mariachi yeah. band outside. <laughs> we would have had him in a sombrero. Yeah. <laughs> so blunt and so honest. It's, it's a good line. Like 
but yeah, it's like one of those things where it's like Ito, even though he doesn't play, he's not supposed to play size, and like, but that's such a huge incom- incompetent decision mm-hmm. and like bias. It's like right. That's on the that's yeah, on the judge. Like, like that's what did, their like, and it's like you look at all these like things, and you're like, what did you expect to happen? Of course, this was going to go one way. Like all, it just like was a perfect storm of shit. Yeah. And you had also the best lawyers in the country. Very expensive yeah. lawyers. Um, do we have a favorite part? Like, are we just like, oh, I, I would like ninety minutes to spare, and like I'm going to parts one through five mm. first. Favorite part. It's hard to parse it. Uh, I don't know. I don't know if there's like a, something that jumps out. That I would want more of. I mean, it's pretty well. I mean, the CTA. I mean, it's not in there. The CT element is interesting to consider. Um, that would be an addition as opposed to an extrapolation. But um, you get enough of his history for sure. I mean, the Vegas stuff is interesting, though. I think you do get enough of that. I, it's hard. I don't know that you need much more. Frankly, it feels pretty well built out. I'd be interested in seeing more. Oh, but do do you have a favorite part? Oh, a favorite part. Not if you have another part. Yeah, sorry. Yeah. Yeah. A favorite (laughs) part. Yeah, yeah. A favorite part. I mean. But also, that was a good question. Yeah, yeah. I I mean, it's boring. I mean, I think it's, 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 it's. them, them explaining the strategy uh, to win, as you were alluding to earlier. I mean, that's, you know, that's, those are the elements that are aggravating, but also fascinating, right? Like, I think it's hard to mm-hmm. deny that, yeah. you know, Bradley talking about those things. Because when do we see that pole behind Yeah, the exactly. Like, yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah, totally. Yeah, I mean. Uh, it's hard to not yeah. say part four. Like, part four is just like the the complete trial and you, you just you have all the great moments in there um and i love that it i mean you can't not do this but the fact that it ends right before they call the verdict it's like ah oh, man and then we're gonna begin with part five and he's acquitted you know so it's one of those things like this clay mentioned that this is one of the most gripping and like you just can't look away pieces of like material that has ever been created. The the most gripping piece of nonfiction ever in my mind. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's just so enthralling. Or one of. Yeah, I shouldn't yeah, be that be definitive. That uh, but like, Cochrane, like that whole the Cochrane stuff is very fascinating. I mean, like the ethical just the, mm-hmm. the question, the ethical questions of what should a criminal defense lawyer be because the point of them is to challenge the prosecution to yeah. make the best case possible and if they don't then like like even Cochran especially as like how beloved yeah. he was especially like looking at Darden and how like I think that you could almost say is a reason why Darden failed it's like he tried to out Johnny Cochran yeah and they say as much at his own yeah. game and it's like that's not how you should go into it for you should just like play your exactly. own game right but like like the idea of like what is fair what is above the line what is below the line in the rule of law and it's like the role of a defense attorney or you know a criminal defense attorney is like even when they know their clients did it even when they know for sure like 
the people like what Christopher Darden is doing right now since he's just been almost he's like he, he was a legal analyst for a little bit on like cable television because he had just nowhere to go because he resigned um, shortly after the OJ stuff and it's like he you know bounced around from being a professor then like was on CNN Fox and stuff as a legal analyst now he's like he's defending or he was going to defend Nipsey Hussle's killer and that and he and oh, he, wow. he, he stopped um, he uh, pulled out of that case because he got an insane amount of death threats and then like he also and now as of right now he is defending Pop Smoke's killer um, and it's like it feels mm. like such a grab for, for attention it feels like pure like why them it's like you want to be back in the limelight I don't know um, like I don't respect that to be honest I don't know it's hard for me because I have such personal feelings for Pop Smoke and Nipsey that it's like but at the end of the day, you need someone to defend those. If we believe in the rule of law, we believe in the judicial system that we have now, which is debatable, like, if for it to function the way it's designed, you need someone to defend the people accused and the people who are being mm-hmm. indicted. And so for OJ's example, yes, he most likely, like, 99% did it, but he still de- des- deserves, like, a defense, and he still deserves a competent defense. But, and so it's like, understand, so like I'm watching this, I'm watching what Cochran's doing, I'm watching what Shapiro's doing, I'm watching what Sheck is doing. It's like, and Lee Bailey, it's like, I disagree with this morally, but at the other side, it's like, it, it, it's this nuance that Dan's talking about. It's not, you know, two things can be multiply true. I don't agree with their methods. I don't agree with their, like, how they're handling this. I don't agree with, like, the position they're taking. But I also understand that they are necessary for the system. And they are acting within the confines of the law. And it's not like the prosecution isn't playing dirty pool sometimes. It's not like, you know, the prosecution is, like, fucking, like... Like, they got Darden. Like, he, they used him as a token black guy to try to appeal to the voters. They got him to make opening statements. Like... It's very obvious that it's all this political game and gamesmanship. And so, I mean, that stuff, that's... So if you're asking me my favorite part, I mean, the court stuff is really hard not to just be enthralled by because there's so much going into it. But I do think the context of, like, I learned so much about the L.A., um, L.A. race relations within the LAPD and all that kind of stuff. So it's, like, it, it, that's uh, it's probably the most informative stuff, but maybe my favorite, most co- captivating, most yeah. compelling part of this doc is probably the court stuff and a lot of the Johnny Cochran stuff because he because he's a civil rights lawyer that's where that's where he started and he did incredible things for the civil rights movement. Johnny Cochran would like to know yeah <laughs> yeah exa- that whole thing it's like that's cra- like, like that's a that's a big moment I mean Johnny Cochran Johnny Cochran and Glenn Greenwald are very two different people but like I said with Glenn Greenwald and I think Johnny Cochran's probably a better person but Glenn Greenwald has done some amazing things in his field of journalism. What he's done with the Br- Brazil and going after Bolsonaro, what he did with Snowden, his you know his journalism and his investigative reporting on the NSA and stuff like that, and a lot of big you know like the stuff in the Middle East. That's great, great work that has helped the world. He's also a piece of shit. Uh, he's a bad person, but. <laughs> I, I dislike him. I don't. I mean, right. Bad person. Right. Is, Two things can be true at the same time. Yeah, and Cochran, I don't. I don't have that strong of feelings for. I don't know if he's a bad person. Or not. I just don't know totally enough about him. And obviously, he's dead. But maybe I disagree with a lot of his avenues, and I disagree with sometimes how he presents himself when it comes to something of, of as a lawyer. 
especially with the Hitler exactly. remark. That's yeah. really bad. But and I dis yeah. and I do, I dislike yeah. how what look. he did for like I I you know if he if you find him responsible for quitting OJ, which a lot of people do because he's very good at his job, I dislike that about him. But he's also done so much for civil rights, and it was such a big part and a big like piece of the black community in L.A. during that time in the 60s and 70s and 80s. And it's like, you know, it, it's this all this nuance, and I was just, I'm, I'm just having all these ethical and moral debates in my mind the, every like moment I'm watching this, and that's why it's such a compelling documentary. Yeah, totally. Amen. Um, I just... I just really adore this one story that AC tells real quick. Um, it, it was like when they were kids and someone brings, or no, it was Joe Bell who tells this, it wasn't AC, but they bring that gun to school and someone was going to like prank OJ shooting that starter pistol or, or whatever. Um, and AC like goes up to that person and he's like, you're going to have to go through me if you want to get to OJ He jumps in front first. of the gun. Uh, and then you like that. cut to, and the, yeah, jumps in front of the gun. Yeah to like decades later it's ac and it's oj in that mm-hmm. bronco you couldn't take a bullet for him you know it's yeah. crazy that I'm freaking not, bronco um, yeah <laughs> the juice is juice loose guys is loose. um yeah. he's he's loose right now doing god I mean, knows what i i feel like <laughs> there's eight hours of of material to talk about here right? <laughs> yes I think we've covered a lot of ground do we have any final thoughts or watch it if you haven't it's great yeah, it's yeah, essential yeah. i think this is a hearty hearty Indeed, recommendation of course all three of us. and um i mean is it somewhere no but it's good no i'm kidding <laughs> oh, I, but uh, uh I see. is this For independence man, like, day resurgence i don't think so either yeah, yeah. um mm. it's on, it's Hulu. on Hulu. Okay. Hulu currently. i bought so i to give a little peek behind the curtain um which i'm uh, i don't have internet right now so that's ooh. why i'm at my uncle's house as we're recording this and so I'm like, well, how the fuck am I going to watch this? I had to order the Blu-ray on Amazon, and I just watched the Blu-ray. Because I'm like, I have no other choice. I don't know. I, unless I watched it on my phone for the entire time. How did it look? Did it look yeah, good on Blu-ray? Good. $10, on, $10 on Amazon. Good money well spent. Really good. Yeah, nice. Ooh. I, honestly, I might have That's to invest. I, I, if you guys ask me, like, hey, can you go watch it again? I'd be like, certainly. Like, fire it up. Like... Oh, it's, it's it, I don't. Um, it's so emotionally exhausting she, for me. Maybe after the, maybe if it gets better for the second or third watch. But like, I just was so like, I can't, I can't look at that yeah. man anymore. Totally. That is true. Um, I, I, I just feel as though, um, with with part five especially, like that's that's a bit of a rough set, but everything else, it's it, it there's just so much like, detail in it. There's so much has its own rhythm to it. It's you know? like you're just like I yeah. need to get all of it in. Let's get into the other nominees. Um, it was pretty cool with these nominees because at the Oscars, what they had, what they did with presenting them, there was this movie that came out called In Figures, and it was about these black women who served at NASA during the space race, and um, they were played by Octavia Spencer, um, Janelle Monae, Taraji B. Henson, for those that don't know, and they had all three of them up there presenting Best Documentary, right. and they had one of the real-life uh, um NASA employees. Oh, yeah. Um, I remember the math, that now. Mathematicians. Oh, yeah, that's right. Up there with the three. Um, how they released the best documentary feature, I, I'm not sure. True but story. It was really cool. It. True story, yeah. That's true. Um, 
for the nominees, we have the thirteenth. Um, great, also essential. So interesting how we have race on our mind this year. Um, we have Life Animated. That's the one about uh, the right, autistic right, fella. Right. Uh, sort of like Chronicles is life. Yeah. Um, how have you seen that one? I, I'm curious. I've seen all of these. Uh, okay. Right, Life Animated. Yeah, and then mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, that's good. I'm not. This your is a great. Uh, I mean, I don't know if there's a better yeah. Fire at Sea. Yeah, I don't know. If, and uh, OJ. Yeah, I don't America. know if there's a better five that's right i mean recently it's a, it's a really good five yeah i think fire at sea is great right it's about life and life yeah. right fire at sea is about refugees i believe is that right who are trying to get across mm-hmm. right and they yeah. and it's sad of course the mediterranean yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah yeah yep yeah you can't really go wrong but really good really good really five, good five. I, I i've heard mixed things about the betrayal of autism sure sure i can understand um, that i mean yeah. i you know i think it's that thing of how cute do you want to get with those things? I can understand that, of yeah. course. I, I liked it, uh, but, yeah, I can understand that criticism. Um, yeah, totally. But, totally. yeah, I mean, these, I would have to go back to my letterbox, but at least four of these were in my top 25. I mean, I like these. I mean, these are great movies. Yeah, really, really great. I mean, um, having 13... Megan, well, well, yeah. oh. I am not your Negro, and... OJ Made in America in the same that's those are three powerhouse documentaries like powerhouse like right that's that's pretty great like that's pretty great like I, I don't know if yeah any top three category like in the category of best documentary this decade matches because that's those are yeah. three like yeah. like if any like any other year you would want one of those other to win um, like, yeah, and it's like it kind of goes against the rule of crowd pleasers that we mentioned earlier. Yeah, like, these does. are very uh, interrogative and um, raw. And you could it. easily um, see Thirteenth winning, America's rather history. than like OJ. And you could easily see I'm Not yeah. Your Negro winning rather than, especially with Duvernay coming Netflix up with Selma just a few years earlier. God amount so of like, money in it, pretty probably. hot at the moment. Yeah, Netflix. Yes, I, I believe like Netflix's first foray into documentary feature and we'll be talking about this them, is uh, ESPN's only Oscar it has to be right yes it, it, it's gotta be which which is interesting like the idea of 30 for 30 which we've um, sung the praises of and it's like 30 for 30 when I think of them are integral pieces of filmmaking about the world of sports and I like that there was a year that we took a dog it, it just happened to be OJ but it could have been it could have been anything. Um, and it's like 30 for 30 is important. It's relevant. Let's like celebrate it. And this is the one that just. And the funny thing is, this stock isn't like really about sports just, either, which is the funny part of it yeah, all. It has an audience. It's just like it's not, it's barely about sports. Yeah, right. It was a footnote in how yeah. we got famous. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yep. That's great. Any other Excellent. thoughts before we wrap it up? Mecca. Legend. Yeah. Um, just thank you so much. Oh, for dude, being guys, my pleasure. Um, of course, yeah. you were, you were a, a thrill to hang with again. One day we'll hang for real, you know. As as co as COVID, yeah. big, hey. you know, fingers crossed. Knock on all the wood. Hopefully, continues to fade. Hopefully, we'll see. One day, one day we'll all be together and we'll drink. One day. That sounds good. To um, me. Yes. Uh, cheers. But um, yeah, I'll come back for I, somewhere. You know, I guess like this just somewhere. Of course. No, please, please. Do. I mean, I would love that episode. That that was great. Um, what were you going to say, Jack? Sophia Coppola's... No, just Sophia Coppola's two few movies this decade. and um, Yeah. 
Yeah, we we've already done the bling ring, and that that good was, one. I, I love good the bling one. ring. Uh, um, you know, just like I'm just thinking of this question now that we have you for sure. a few more minutes. What is up there when you think of Docs of the Decade? Ooh. Is there one that comes to mind? You're like, oh man, Docs of the Decade. Ah, uh, ba 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 Docs. I would have to look quickly. I love Docs. You guys talked about Citizen Four recently. That's certainly up there. I'll quickly look at my letterbox. Which I think it's worth just, yeah, while you look, I believe it, the similarity that OJ and Assistant 4 yeah. have together is that they had, like, unanimous yes. praise when it came to award season, where it's just like... They're winning everything. It just won. It just has everything. Like, the people. So, yeah, like, okay, really Apo- Apollo 11, place. I really like. That's up there for me. Um, obviously, we talked about the 2016 docs. 2017. Oh, Dawson City Frozen Time is mm. one of my favorite movies of recent memory. It's an amazing doc. At the B-side, we were lucky enough to talk to Bill Morrison for a little bit, who directed it. He's amazing. I, yeah, that's a great documentary. That's up there. Icarus, that same year, great doc. Um, if you haven't seen that one, um, that's 2017. And then I'll just look quickly. Let me look. Let me go back to 20. What, 2014? Let's see. Let's see what I had for 2014. 2014, you got, you got, what do you got? Where's the dock? Give me a dock. I'm looking at, oh, wow, this is low on the dock. I'm not seeing the dock here. Oh, interesting. Well, vi- so. 2014 was Look of Silence. Look of Silence. Yeah, where is that on my list? Interesting. Um, Mistaken for Strangers, uh, which is the national documentary, mm-hmm. Joe Dorosky's Dune. Obviously, yeah, um, there's a movie called Visitors by Godfrey Reggio that I love. I worked on it though, so I'm a, I'm a little subjective there. But that's a great movie if you know Godfrey Reggio's work, Colin Oskotsky and his movies. Um, yeah, I mean, mm-hmm. docs are good. It's good. They're you guys good. are talking about yeah. docs. Everybody They're should good. talk about docs. Docs yeah. are good. What? And it's and like despite the one or. The, despite our favorite docs of the decade maybe not making uh, the Oscars top five, it doesn't mean that we shouldn't talk mm. about it. It's just like the ones that won are at least a list that exactly. we can do. It's, no, exactly. Cool about, I mean, uh, these Oscars, no, I mean, look, yeah, that's yeah. the best thing about Oscar, right? It gives you. A, I mean, it might not, it yeah, might not be yeah, perfect, totally. but like, like, it's and this is my, like, look, yeah. watch all the Best Picture winners. Like, those are good movies. Like, you know, seriously, like, you know what I mean? It's not like. Like, yeah, the greatest show on earth isn't good, I guess. But, like, mm-hmm. you know, they I just, I think I time. just. Dances with wolves, right? That's not, oh, I'm kidding, I'm kidding, I'm kidding. Yeah, I mean, I that's what I, I think I tweeted this recently. Like, it's hard for me not to, it's hard for me to dislike old movies because it's a time machine. So you're watching yeah. a, ca- a capsule of a different time. So, like, an example, you know, totally. I just, for the first time, watched How Green Is My Valley, which beats Citizen Kane. Mm-hmm almost as good as Citizen Kane. Amazing movie. So, you know, currently on Hulu, I think. So, I mean, yeah, I mean, you can criticize these things, but they do offer a kind of framework to, you know, uh, right, to to educate yourself and and, and fall in love with some movies you might think are just under, you know, not as good, but, spoiler alert, most of them are actually very good, so. Yeah, Yeah, totally. Um, Where can everybody find you on yeah. the internet and where am i it's a great it's a great question uh i'm at dj mecca on twitter 
Could you give your address? Yeah, Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Uh, you get off of 70 there on the. No, so DJ Mech on Twitter and the film stage, obviously. I started it with my buddy Jordan. You should read stuff there. The B Side Podcast, the film stage show. I have a story podcast. This is like a personal thing called Fathom, at Fathom Stories is the Twitter handle. And it's just short fiction i write a lot of it other friends write some of it our voice actor friends record That's the awesome. voices they're 10 minutes or less usually sometimes there are multiple parts it's like twilight zoney awesome. every month we have a new story cool. yeah give it a listen you know at if you fathom on any of the podcast spotify anywhere and um give it a listen that's fun and uh yeah man happy to be here as always sweet thanks Awesome. Thanks so much. Um, I can be found on uh, on Twitter at Jack A. Draper. Uh, my writing on film is at the Simple Cinephile and uh, Cineflix Daily. My own personal medium, places like that. And, you know, this this is on Hulu. It's also on Blu-ray. It's on DVD. You know, like I would not be surprised if this was a library find because it feels like one of those like box sets you'd you'd see on a shelf. Um, it yeah. But this kind of like feels like something you'd show in a classroom too. I was thinking about that. Like I, I don't, I'm not sure what about it. Like it, it has one of those history classes. Like okay, we're gonna look and learn about something more modern. Covers um, a lot of topics. But yeah, it's also available on, on Hulu. Yeah. Um, next next week, one of the documentaries that you mentioned. Hey now. Won the Oscar the Oscar uh, in Good 2017. Up. Zach Lampu will will be here, a uh, filmmaker. Cool. Um, think ten things to learn about Bigfoot. Ooh behind that work that's cool yeah. oh wow that's cool i'll definitely listen to that really yeah, really Icarus is good that's gonna be a good conversation yeah. hopefully i'll have internet by then i think i will sunday uh, you know we'll figure it out yeah um <laughs> everyone can follow me i really enjoyed Icarus. i'm excited I'm, i haven't it. seen it i haven't seen it i gotta watch it i mean that's the thing with the docs i haven't seen most of them so I, I'm, in, I'm interested in watching them um everyone can follow me at birds of clay on twitter and on letterbox you can follow me on instagram at mr clay williams you can follow the podcast twitter account at, at uh, ett pod you could follow the podcast instagram account at uh exiting 2010s where i am trying to keep up to date but moving is a bitch ladies and gentlemen um you can subscribe to us on itunes spotify any platform you get podcasts on remember to rate review give us five stars greatly appreciate it you can leave us a voicemail on anchor you can send us an email at exiting through the 2010s at gmail.com uh yeah that is it you all have a great one be good to yourself get vaccinated uh try to you know give yourself a break once in a while you know life's life life's hard life's hard uh and as always trans rights are human rights stop asian hate free palestine black lives matter and catch y'all next time on exiting through the 2010s But, like, OJ did it, right? He so did it. I'm sorry.